Random disclaimer, folks. Random disclaimer. So yes, this is the one and only Machu Bailey. Uh, this is a little disclaimer in terms of the audio quality for today's episode of Retrospect Reviews. So um, there were some technical hiccups here, there, uh, mostly from my end. There are some moments which you will hear later on where it sounds like there's an echo, but actually it's because, well, of two things. Uh, first reason was um, the setting in my mic was kind of off for some reason. And also my recorded Pardon Crime, or I should say my critique of in Crime Academy Medina was in the same room as me actually. Yes, he was in the area he came by and he, you know, did his vocals normally, well, the way how he normally does it. So later on in the conversation, I actually moved a further distance away from him, but I was still picking up on that actual echo. Um, alongside that, I had to do the recording uh, downstairs in my house. So yes, I had to deal with my dog, you know what I mean, barking a lot. So yes, you will hear some barking, you know what I mean, throughout this review here. Um, and last thing last, before we actually get to the episode, you know, fully, um, I had to redo um, my opening lines and thoughts on, you know, the X-Men franchise, mainly because, you know, just starting off, my settings were off, so I really got a bad echo there. So yes, folks, it was a little problematic as far as just recording goes, but, you know, we did our best and we had fun with it, right? So, yeah, I mean, just kick back, relax, um, unless you're generally not a fan of the X-Men franchise. I don't know why you're listening to this. So, yeah. This is as this is it as far as my you know on the cuff you know random ex, um, disclaimer goes. So yeah, that's it. Have fun. So good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whatever this is. This is Match Bailey alongside my critique of in crime, Ricardo Medina. Hello, hello, hello. And Tracy Hutchins. Hey, everyone. And Samalee Polony. What's up, everybody? And this is another episode of Retrospect Reviews. And uh, today we're going to talk about a special group of men and women. And in this case, we're going to call them the X-Men folks and women, if you want to be a little bit more politically correct. Yes, folks, we're going to talk about the movie that started all... X-Men, you know, directed by Brian Singer, um, which of course will be celebrated its 20th anniversary this year. So uh, before we get into the franchise itself, or the movie franchise, I just want to just talk briefly about my history with the X-Men, right? So um, I pretty much grew up on the X-Men comics. I was familiar with them um, in the 90s. And then, of course, the TV show, the classic Fox TV show came out. You know what I mean? It's still one of my all-time favorite cartoons and superhero shows ever, in my opinion. And what I dug, you know, about that show, um, me not knowing everything about the X-Men at that time, you know, was not so much the, the powers and skill sets that these, that these characters had, but also how vulnerable they are. You know I mean? They were flawed individuals. Um, I will never forget, you know, um, how I felt, you know, knowing that um, that storm was claustrophobic or at least didn't, you know, couldn't take being in, you know, enclosed spaces and whatnot. Um, you know, uh, Wolverine and, you know, him having to deal with, 
you know um that adamantium inside of him and you know not being able to to age you know normally like a human being and it's just all these different things that just brought so much out of these characters right even right down to rogue you know me not being able to touch anyone because you know once she does that or kisses someone you know they drain their life essence in her. so that just really blew me away though and also what I loved about the show too is that it really did feel like you were reading a comic book, um, especially with the way how they, they incorporated other um, comic characters and whatnot. Um, it felt like, you know, there were numerous crossovers, like the stuff with um, the Savage Land and, you know, Kaza or Kazo, if you want to call him, you know what I mean? Um, stuff with like uh, Spider-Man and, you know what I mean? Like just other different characters just kind of worked their way into the series here. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just loved everything about the series. I mean, right down to the iconic theme song. I mean, it still holds up. Of course, there were the X-Men video games. You know, there was the, um, the beat-em-up game that I remember back in, like, primary school. You know, there was also X-Men versus Street Fighter. There was Marvel Superheroes versus, you know, Street Fighter. And of course, one of my all-time favorite, you know, uh, fighters, uh, Marvel versus Capcom. I totally, totally love that game. But yeah, I mean, just seeing my favorite characters <laughs> in arcade form and I could just play as Wolverine or I could play as Cyclops or whatnot. I just loved everything about that. So yeah, I mean, when the, when well, around the time when the movie came out in 2000, at least when we, we got word that the movie was coming out, I saw like the first stills of it, you know, I mean, all, you know, characters, um, not just in live action and not just played by actors that we... You know, marginally familiar with, especially like, you know, folks like uh, Patrick Stewart or Hugh Jackman or, or, or Anna Paquin. Um, but also that they were dressed in black too, you know what I mean? And I thought, you know, okay, at the time it was like, alright, it's it's 2000, okay, we, we clearly not gonna do the brightly coloured heroes that we grew up on, but alright, cool. And I mean, yeah, the movie came out, it did what it did, and then from there it's like, oh, wow, okay, we're gonna get more movies like this. So, you know, they were X2 and stuff like that. So long story short, I mean, you know, the first movie came, did what it did, and then afterwards it was like, alright, there's a full franchise being made out of this now. Uh, which, for the most part, you know, um, which pretty much kind of helped shape the, you know, the landscape of superhero movies for better or for worse, right? So yes, there were some ups, you know what I mean, so like X2 or X-Men First Class, which we're, which we're going to get into in a bit. And there were some definite, definite lows, like, you know, the last stand in X-Men Origins as well. But yeah, I mean, this, I mean, it was what it was. And I mean, it, it came at a time when, you know, well, the last thing we had was Blade. So, yeah, I mean, this was, like, legit Hollywood scene. Yes, superhero movies can be a thing, guys. And to me, this was where it all started from. All right, so that being said, uh, Ricardo, what is your history with the just the, the, the X-Men characters themselves and, you know, what it led up to, um, i.e. the movie franchise. Yeah, yeah, so for me, uh, same thing, similar history with you, you know, the cartoon in 92, X-Men 92 cartoon, pretty popular. Uh, I was a big, big fan of the X-Men arcade game. To this day, that is like a classic for me as one of the best beat-em-ups ever. It's a shame yeah. it never came to home, to him to home console. Um, anybody remember Dance with the Crocodile is like probably one of the best kick-ass songs ever okay. you'll hear in arcade. Uh, that was the third level. Uh, yeah, and just uh, the comics in general, um, you know, the again, the X-Men cartoon mentioned, not to mention it had the kick-ass anime opening that you'll learn about years later. <laughs> and uh, for me, it was just one of these things that just totally work and just hit, hit the nail on the head in terms of aesthetic storytelling 
material, um, just make it work. And then leading up to say the the when they had the movie was coming out, so you, you, the big casting was Patrick Stewart as, as Professor X, and everybody in their head was like, "Wow, that's like yeah. absolute perfection, though. Perfect. Absolute yeah. perfect <laughs> casting." Yeah, so well, and then the, the 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 you know the movies came. The first movie came and went, and then um, a little a little something that very few people talk about. But I'm a big fan of uh, X Men Evolution. Thought that was a solid series. Um, yeah. You know, short lived but pretty good. And then yeah, then the movies just kind of well t- tape out, unfortunately. Um, you know, for for better or for worse, right? So yeah, that's yeah. just my kind of quick history. So uh, summer, what's your history with the X Men? Well, not so much the movie franchise, but just the comics themselves and, you know, what it led up to. It's a vast history because I have been inhaling these comics forever. Um, there was this little barber shop that used to have these comic books out. And I, I will admit that I used to take some of them home without permission. But yeah, <laughs> I, I've, loved, I've loved the X-Men forever. Um, House of M was my absolute favorite, as well as Age of Apocalypse. And then, of course, there's a cartoon that everybody was into. And coming forward into the movie, I mean, I was excited, like Ricardo said, seeing uh, Professor Xavier being played by Patrick Stewart. That just seemed like perfection. We all used to play that game where you would cast members of the X-Men. You know, everybody had their yeah. team. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so um, for me, I'm like a huge fan of Rogue, so I wasn't happy there. But at the same time, right. the movie itself, you know, when I finally saw it and you, you went into cinemas and see it, um, yeah, I absolutely loved what they did. The, the passion for the characters were there, was there. Most of it was there. And um, I think that's all I could ask for. It, it turned out a lot better than I, I thought it could at, in that moment. Because before that, comic book movies were so hit and miss. And Pretty bad, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, so, yeah, um, uh, coming forward from that, yeah, it just seemed like it was getting better, and they were in such a role with um, X2, and then we got X3, and it all went yeah, down really. so far there. But, yeah. you know, I, I have to respect the fact that they took something as giant as, as the X-Men comic books, and they tried they, you know, they, to give us, I think mostly they succeeded in giving us something we could root for. Right, right. Tracy, your history with the X-Men, um, well, comic book franchise up to the movie itself. So I came in, um, I will admit, I came in comic-wise a little late. Um, I grew up in the house of, I grew up in the house of DC. Uh, so I was, I, for me, here's how it was. I used to be Spider-Man, Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Um, right. And of yeah. course, that that uh, for whatever better way of putting it, that really most excellent and awesome '90s X-Men cartoon. It was a bit later that I started going back and checking out some of the comics when I would walk into like Genesis, um, Genesis Foundation, and see some of the X-Men Happy. comics. And um, yeah. but I I have well I have two two real memories. One. Anything with apocalypse to this day, I still walk around like you know. You dare defy me, mutant. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that still happens, and I remember being in the Arima Library when the movie was coming out. Um, the library was still up by the dial, and I have this memory right. of sitting down in front of the computer and the, com- the, 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 the computer that they had there, and you could have gone up on the site. 
and there was like all these files, um, 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 all these files on mutants of itself. So you got to see Halle Berry, you got to see Halle Berry's storm, you got to see the professor, you got to see Gene, and they had like a whole dossier on right. these mutants and that kind of stuff. And I remember feeling so much excitement. I mean, even you know, and we, and, and I guess we'll talk about that later. Even like the 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 change from the colorful costumes to the pure black costumes. I was like, nope, no, I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm here for it, I'm bring it. And um, so that was, that was me, that was excitement for me. And I, I, I maintain no matter how much uh, ebbs and flows with the series, it's always McKellen and Stuart for me, save, right. you yeah. know, save yeah. that for me. And it's, finding out that they are actual best friends in real life is like, oh my God, this is yeah. like a whole like, so yeah, I have, I have, I have more, more, more happy feelings if I'm being really honest with the X Men franchise. But there are times and moments where like, nope, 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 I, I can't, I can't with this. I nope, nope. Right. So yeah. <laughs> that's 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 me. That's me. Yeah, for for me because I think um, oh, the two thousands was such a terrible time in the sense of everybody just doing want to like something. You know, honestly, everything had to be an ironic thing. So yeah. if you're doing something yeah. like like silly comic book stuff, they, you know, clearly the, the movie movie makers are more ashamed of it than anything. So you know, it have to be everything have to be dark spandex and everybody have to have an attitude and you know that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's only until to, to me really until the DMCU came you know, came along and say, look, you could put some color in this stuff and have the mm -hmm. outfits look comic book accurate and blah 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 blah. And yes, yes. The sad part is that it was, it was also feeding off of, well, an even more edgier time, the 90s. So there was a little yeah. comic book movie. There was a little comic book movie that, that you know, well, I, I'll argue the first one that didn't really make it big, but it was the one that shaped the future now. Uh, Blade, right? Yeah. 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 The first, yeah. The first Blade. Yeah. And just look at the aesthetic of Blade. It, it, I would argue it fed, it fed not only that, but it also fed the Matrix. And that whole the black leather stuff, mm, mm -hmm. yeah. the studio. Yeah. yeah, you could tell. You could tell that you know the gears were sticking in the in the, in the movie studio <laughs> producers and, and executive head of saying, look, <laughs> we had to do this. We had yeah, to do it like this. For better or worse, you know, they, that's the thing. And they always look for what they think is the reason this was successful, right. and they grab onto it and they stick it in and, whether it fits right. or not. <laughs> and Fox and Fox in particular, oh God, will suffer from this. Joke. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they suffer from this. They, they suffer from this disease now of just trend chasing. You know, think you know this. Um, I, I forget what you call it when you when you when you um when you just market something straight to our audience and that's where you think the the masses like kind of thing now. Mm -hmm. Not realizing that yeah. comic book fans is a totally different beast and they just do not to hit the nail on the head and they have to hammer yeah. that out over yeah. time to get it right, 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 to right. get it right now. But mm -hmm. you have a bunch of people who just not comic book fans. All they do, um. You know, they just didn't, unfortunately, they didn't get what to do. But the thing is, at the time, because we didn't have anything even resembling or close to a great comic book movie, um, people, it was like water in the desert first. So it was like, well, you know, yeah. this is what we have. And we make it work. And, you know, yeah, ironically, here's the thing. Like, I dump on them a lot. But right now, the DCEU makes roughly the same mistake. The DCEU does suffer badly because they did what they did, you know. They did what they did in 2015. That's the problem. Right, mm -hmm. you can't be doing that in 2015, especially post First Avengers. Like, right, come on right, now, right. Really, you know? and I so yeah. so at, that's why if they, did, if they did what they did, if they did what they did in the, in the early 2000s or late 90s, it would have been fine, right? But they yeah. can't do that in 2015. DCEU so, wanted so hard to prove they weren't copying the MCU, 
that they went yeah. completely off the rails, you know? Right, but, yeah. they, but, they, but they, the thing is, they, they made more or less the same kind of dumb executive mistakes that Fox and them did back in the early 2000s. Just, you know, we punished right. them more now. Um, and it's the same thing. I, I, I kind of see it like that. And yeah, that's what Fox was in the early 2000s. And pretty much all the comic book movies, with the exception of one, which is Spider-Man uh-huh. and Spider-Man 2. Yeah, right. That they understood yeah. to make stuff comic accurate or make it at least that that you know other worldly material feel to the comics. It's kind of surrealistic kind of look. Uh, you know, that's what you had to make. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah. And so, so it, it that first film, that first X Men film, this was film we're going to talk about now, fed into that. Right. So after X Men, of course, we had X Two, which of course blew everybody away. Um, and yeah, to me, it's still the best up movie. The, um, I, I, it is one of my all-time favorite X-Men movies. Um, just really, just really because of how they were able to 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 do two things: one, um, juggle a bunch of characters in one film, and just embrace the fact that hey, folks, um, this is a superhero film here. Well, yeah, I mean, we talk about mutants, but it wasn't. It was bold enough to be like, hey, this is what it's gonna be about. So. If you didn't really pick up on what went on in the first movie, if you forgot who Magneto or Professor X was, well, I'm sorry, you have to go back and watch that film because we're not going to hold your hand and tell you what's going on. We're going to continue the yeah. story. We're going to see the characters mm-hmm. in different pieces. We have a big threat in the form of Colonel William Stryker. And, you know, it's just so much great moments. I mean, Nightcrawler's opening sequence still yeah. holds up. Um, Mystique just being a badass. Um, food exploration into Logan and Weapon X, of course, Magneto being badass too, and just so much, so much great moments. Elastic Last, of course, one of the the, the best stingers slash cliffhangers of a superhero ending, of course, with the supposed boot of the Dark Phoenix. I mean, I'll never forget. I'll never forget. Sorry, but I saw that for the first time, and how how excited I was, you know, I mean, for the next movie, which you'll get into uh, in a bit. But yeah, folks. Uh, I, I remember. No, so sorry. Just one random thing. I I remember going to Caribbean cinemas, and I wasn't going to see X two. I was going with mom to see something else. There was something else I was showing, and we had gotten there a little late. And tickets for that had had. Well, there were no tickets, so we bought tickets for X two, which we were planning to go see like the week after or something like that, and sitting out yes. in that theater. Towards the end of the movie, when the Phoenix appeared on the water and then there was like a, a you know for those of us who knew in the cinema what that meant was just like going nuts and just like really excited about that i mean mom was sitting on next to me and you know she was like okay what does this mean and i like you know explain it to her um but it was so much joy and to think that that wasn't my original plan to go see that at the right. time so yeah yeah. Right. Uh Ricardo, um you you, you, you we, did you enjoy X2? Do you think it still holds up or you like yeah, it was fine? yeah, yes I did, but I wasn't the biggest fan as compared to other people. Like for me it started really strong and then it kinda tapered out for me. And I my big problem with it is what well you're doing anti mutant stuff, we should let, give you a little one sentinel or something, a little something uh, <laughs> for me. At least, and I was not the mm-hmm. biggest fan of this, but it had, it was a good film. It was like clearly better than the first film. A good step in the right direction. I was like, yeah, holy shit, we're gonna get Phoenix, and we're gonna get hopefully Sentinels because they talk about you know Will Striker, right? Like, yeah, Will Striker, yeah. and then yeah. Weapon X, and it's like, oh, it's all this promising stuff. So I didn't love it, love it. I still liked it a lot. I still liked it a lot. Like still, still today, you know that that Nightcrawler president White House scene is really really great and then at the time although sadly a lot of this has been poisoned 
Um, it did a lot of great stuff for, like, I, I you know, I have a lot of, a lot of uh, LGBT friends. So I was like, wait, look at this kind of shaping that now. I was like, wow, this is so important for these people. Sadly, sadly, because of the director, it kind of got poisoned, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah. right. uh-huh. but, but, you know, to me, it was doing a lot of that good because only like the, the scene with, with, um, uh, with Iceman and his, and his mom, great scene. Yeah, uh, love that, love that. A little, little stuff like that. But uh, again, I felt we could get more X-Men stuff, you know. We should have seen more, you know, X-Men stuff. I don't know, that's just me. Yeah, the, the ending was kind of weak overall. Like, as I liked it, didn't love it. But still great, great, great second entry. I was like, wow, we great going in the right direction. Right. Hmm. Uh Summer, what uh, have your thoughts changed on um on X2 since you first saw it? Or last uh, one? No, actually it hasn't. Um <laughs> no, I no, I absolutely I enjoyed it more than the first one. Um I don't think more might be the best one, or maybe equally. I enjoyed it equally. Um, it does have some really strong points. Like you guys said, the whole Nightcrawler thing was just so well done. Um, the fact that, yeah, the, 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 L- the LGBTQ stuff as well. I mean, this is something that fans of the comics are very aware of, you know. Um, yeah. And it was nice to see it presented to a mass audience where people right. were picking up on. Because, you know, I... the whole point of mutants is they represent the entire, the entirety of prejudiced people. Whether yeah. it's right. racism, Minority, you know, sexism, yeah. minorities mm-hmm. of all mm-hmm. types. Ma- marginalized, right. Yeah, marginalized people. Yeah. 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 Um, now, I'm not the biggest fan of Mystique in these movies because I'm a huge fan of Mystique in the comics and it's just me right, nitpicking. Yeah. I, I don't like the scales. <laughs> but um, right, yeah. Yeah. Rebecca Romain, yeah. 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 I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it a bit. But the thing is, the thing is it was a big deal. Yeah, you know, it was a big deal then because it was such a, um, like the second, you know, Bush, Bush was getting re-elected now and that was the wedge issue. Gay marriage, yeah. and so it was like such a perfect thing that hit the nail on the head on the time now. No, no, I, I just saying I didn't enjoy it. I think I enjoyed it. Um, at the time, I enjoyed it more than the first one. Um, looking back on it, I think they they equate honestly. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I agree with you for the most part, uh, Summer. So uh, here's here's where things kind of just went downhill, right? So no, we was. had. A, X-Men, The Last Stand, and, you know, just, just keep it to what uh, this was directed by Brett Ratner, who, I mean, I personally have no issue with him because he did give us two fairly decent Rush Hour movies, and then there was the third one, which didn't work. But anyway, so, so the, the mere fact that he was, that, that Brian Singer was involved, I was like, all right, well, this could hopefully maintain the, the quality for the first, uh, first two. And what I got was, okay, well, you, you, you hype people up um, you know, I had, had people excited for three years, literally, about this whole Dark Phoenix thing. And, I mean, not not only did they give us a, a really bland, you know, um, thousand-yard stare version of Dark Phoenix, but you kill off um, Cyclops, and we don't even see when it happens, by the way. Yeah, we, we don't even see the death happen. We don't see it. It's implied that he died, but we never really saw it. We just saw it's just some um his his sheets just like literally floating in the in the wind or something like that. Now when when Wolverine comes in, yeah, because they just cut the next shot now. Um, but the the, the 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 kick to my nuts literally though was the the death of Charles Xavier and how they do it in this overly dramatic way and like look at it no because I actually watch it in in preparation for this review here. 
they have some good ideas. Like I feel like if they just stuck to the whole, okay, well we have this this um this cure for mutants and all that kind of stuff, so you'll be human. If they stuck to that, you would have a pretty solid story. And then they have right. the bad guy, I forgot his name, but his son was Angel. If they if they just right. kept with that, it would have worked. But every time they just cut back to um to to, to Phoenix Boy, it's just like the, the the show just goes off its reels and just becomes something else. And it's even worse now when you bring back Magneto and you bring back the same thing about his quest to unite mutants against humans. So it was just a slog to watch though. And and overall, like while there are some good ideas and some good moments, like action and story wise. Yeah, this is admittedly a huge, huge disappointment. It still is, as far as these movies go. And as far as superhero movies go as a whole, man. So, uh, Summer, you agree or disagree? Absolutely agree. This is this was a mess, and I don't remember it fondly. I don't even want to rewatch it. Um, first of all, this feels like you tried to put 10 pounds of crap in a 5-pound bag. And a very short movie, mind you. Because this movie comes yeah. like, what, a one, like, 40, 45 minutes? Exactly. I mean, the Phoenix Saga was never going to fit in one movie. And I just, from what I saw, I, I knew they had no idea how to handle this storyline because they didn't want to go into space. They didn't want to do it properly. I don't mind them revamping it and making it more, okay, all of these events are happening on Earth. Um, it could still work, but the Phoenix Saga, it, it's, it's way too much to put into one film. The best yes. thing about this movie, the absolute best thing, is the perfect, perfect casting of Kelsey Grammer as Dr. Hank McCoy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Round of it's what I remember most fondly about this movie, and I'm so sorry they didn't keep bringing him back at, at different points in time. And then, of he course, we had okay, in, in these are future past, though, but we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, like, not just the character, <laughs> right? Right, right, but um, stuff. I, I got you, yeah. Um, and then, of course, we have the fact that Wolverine is the breakout star, so we're gonna stuff him in everything, Again, whether he picks in it or not. Yeah. And, you know, so, so I have very, very bad memories of this movie. And again, what they did to Rogue, my absolute favorite female Marvel character. I never liked how they handled this character. And they just got worse and worse and worse as it progressed. So Yeah, yeah. yeah this, with this stupid love triangle between her, Iceman, and, um, and Kitty, played by Ellen Page, who we'll, who we'll get into in a bit. Right. It's just it's all a mess. Yeah. Uh, Ricardo, you, your your thoughts uh, have your thoughts changed on on the last time? You still think it's, it's trash or yeah? Yeah, like yeah. This is this, this was this was a, this was yikes hard lemonade, dread. I mean, <laughs> this was rough, dread. Um, <laughs> it was wow. so bad. I mean, here's the thing. Again, again, he, he, they set up a lot of interesting stuff and they didn't follow through. Like, what pissed me off is to find out that the Sentinel's head was in the danger room. Oh my gosh, that yes. pissed me off. Yes. I think it, because they had that was the promo, no? That was the promo, yeah. so it's like you yeah. see Wolverine go on attacks and makes a big scent. I see big scent on the head. It was all a dream trope. No, yes, well, 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 here's the worst part. No, it was. It was in the danger room, right? But the worst part is how the scene opens. You see the um you see the title card, the not too distant future. So you're already, yes. you're already like hype all the the X Men nudes up like holy shit we yes, in the future 
And they come and say, oh, yeah. no, sorry, we need the age room. Oops. Yeah, sure. And I was like, I, again, this, this Sentinel head was comic accurate, you know. It looking good. Like, well, yeah. all right, we get some. And then they hit me that yeah. nonsense way. Like, no, nah, boy, you're serious, boy. Well, we had serious. a Family Guy episode when um, Stewie, the whole thing goes over, I think two episodes, where Stewie um, kills Lois. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Out to be, um, um, simulation. Yeah, is 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 it? Six dollars, right? Is that nonsense, right? <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Ewings. Yeah. Right. No, hey, I was like, I can't believe they do that nonsense. And anyway, so the, but the central story is like, all right, you're doing something again. You have more, you know, marginalized LGBT allegory stuff going on with with Angel. I like mm. all of this, right? Some of the stuff with um, Magneto was working, none of the Dark Phoenix stuff worked at all. And here's the main problem. She was more behaving like Scarlet Witch to me oh. than the Phoenix. She, she, like this. Really she looked a little bit more like Scarlet Witch, though, if, if you think yeah. about it. She's, yeah. So she all quiet, and all of a sudden, she, she, she loyal to Magneto for some reason. I'm like, what? Why? Like, what? Not, nothing about it made sense. Nothing made sense. And then, again... Yeah, instead of going for sentinels, you do this lame soldiers with plastic guns with the cure in needles yeah. to shoot. Yeah. That Why do? Bullshit. Yeah. It, it didn't work. It didn't work. Um, and then there are these lame teasers at the end. It's like, oh, well, Magneto still have his powers. And Professor X is really alive in the post-credit scene for some reason. Like, yeah. all right, whatever. I don't which, care. Which I absolutely hate. <laughs> but yeah, of course, I, I, mean, I mean, the movie did give us one thing. And one, one, one name. Yeah, it did give us one popular line though. I'm the juggernaut, bitch. I mean, I can live with that. I can live with that. I can live with that. I mean, I, I hate, I hate the casting of you know what I mean of Vinnie Jones as as juggernaut. I mean, oh, yeah, it's pretty bad. Like, yeah. is, is it juggernaut, no, man? Come on, come on. Yeah, again, 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 again. In, in in the arcade, my team up by the way was Cyclops and Juggernaut. Um, Ooh, I still have yeah. like 24 wins. Wow. I have 24 wins, no losses on that game. X Men vs. Street Fighter. So this yeah, is so like that. I mean, Juggernaut Punch. <laughs> we love that character. Juggernaut like this big dumbass, and he's not a dumb character. This is right, somebody exactly. who's an archaeologist, you know. Mm. So he's not stupid. He's just really yeah. strong, you know. Yeah, he's just basically a, a chad, a chad from from Brunswickshire, right? You're like, wake up. <laughs> This this chavy ass character that they, you you know this real you know cockney ass accent what was all this yeah, yeah. Uh, uh Tracy any thoughts on on, uh, on on the last stand um I'd like to erase the last stand uh, to be honest <laughs> no, don't with you all. which you know to, to it, it was kind of hilarious when um when uh what's his face his name is escaping me now the actual director came back oh, oh, Brett. Oh, Brian. Um, Brian. right so when Brian when Brian came back for um, days of future past and um, in my mind and I know in a few other people's mind it's like okay that is going to be the third movie where do not talk about last stand that no longer exists <laughs> yeah. because it never happened it, it, it never happened it's like it's a, to, to be honest with you I put that in the same category and God knows I spent years, real years, talking about this. But I put that in the same category of Green Lantern. Uh, right, yeah, where, me too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> there's, so, there's so much... I felt like there's so much stuff that was going on in Last Stand that even the characters that I actually loved 
felt not only that they didn't get their just desserts, but it was it was just it was just middle of the road. Like even for me, the speech that Magneto has, the speech that Magneto has to the Brotherhood, and he's like, "We will show them the cure," and the fact that it's stuck in my brain. But that's something about that speech did not feel right. It felt almost as if Sir McCallum was phoning it in. There was yeah. a lot of stuff in there. You know, I remember watching the cartoon and seeing the 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 the, the love the love interest thing happening with uh, Storm and, uh, and and Wolverine, and so I thought they were going to play into that in this one in, in Last Stand, and that didn't mm. happen, and it was just it was weird. And so, to this day, um, there are some of the movies that I will sit down and watch. Wolverine might be one if I feel like it, but Last Stand, no, I can't I can't get behind that. Right. Speaking well, you know of... it's bad when you rewatch Wolverine before you rewatch um... <laughs> Trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real, for real. Speaking of Wolverine, let me keep this short and sweet, guys. X Men Origins Wolverine. Right. Yeah. He, well, yeah. uh, actually, actually, here's the thing. Eh? I would say this is like the second worst X Men movie. Period. Right. It is the worst. Right. Wolverine movie, yeah, but it's not the worst X Men movie. We we're gonna we're gonna get to that in a bit, right? But yeah, boy, talk about dropping the ball or dropping balls in this one. You could have given us Wolverine and Sabretooth in you know in the Civil War and World War One and World War Two and Vietnam War. Though just gloss over in in, in a montage. A montage. Yes, Cyclops yeah. is in this movie. Why? Um, yeah. This whole thing about him going to this barn so he could show where he get the jacket from. Why? The little, the, the little chopper action, the, the chopper action scene that he's in, and how it ends with him walking, walking. away from the explosion in slow mo. <laughs> oh why? The blob. Why? Yeah. Um, Deadpool. AKA, sorry, oh, Brian Wilson, who becomes Deadpool. Why? That was just a total travesty. Um, will I am? Um, I will just give. I will give Will. I actually will give Will I am a bly because, you know, at least he was the worst thing in the movie. He he actually tried. He tried. He tried. Right? Yeah. Um, waste of talent as well. Waste of Lee Schreiber's talent. I thought he was mm. actually decent as a yeah, see, no, no, like, no, yeah, but it's for sure. Yeah, but it's just sorry, sorry, delegated to him just is. doing a bunch of one liners and stuff like that. Now I'm like, no. why? All right, I'm gonna wait for that dog to stop barking. <laughs> no, that, that might be all right. Shut up. Oh, and. <laughs> <laughs> and I have two. I have two more. I mean, there's just so much bad in this movie. Um, the Charles Xavier cameo, though. What, what is that face? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Oh, actually, let me make that two more, right? The post-credit scene with Deadpool apparently still alive. Yeah, stripping us. Yeah, and uh, actually, I had to say the best for last, guys. It's the best for last. Um. We all know that Wolverine pretty much, you know, forgot the whole next stuff, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. The reason why he forgets it, folks, is because he got shot at point blank rage with an adamantium bullet. Right, yeah, that'll be shot. I'll just stop here, guys. So, you'll take it away. Quick thoughts on, on X-Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah, uh, yeah, incredible waste of potential. Um, you know, as I say, if, if they had that story of them, you know, running through all the various wars, that would have been fine. Because it would have been great if it ended at World War Two, and remember you get nuked, and then you start the other Wolverine movie. Like that could have made sense. 
But no, they decided to jump to the present and it was a mess. Total mess. If it, if it was a prequel, it would have been fine. They let's do the wars from the period of um, Civil War, World War One, World War Two. That's your story. And it's right. about these two brothers. It's about these two brothers. You don't necessarily have to tie into the continuity because like, clearly it's not the same saber tooth because you don't know him in X-Men 1 or whatever. And just like kind of gloss over it and it'll be fine. But no, they decided to just do this nonsense story about, you know, this weird Deadpool hybrid super creature that you have to fight at the end with saber tooth. Nonsense. Total nonsense. It's a shame. It's really a shame. All right. So, so Summer, thoughts on X-Men Origins Wolverine? Here's the thing. I really wanted to give this movie the benefit of the doubt. I remember when it leaked online and everybody was saying, oh, this looks so terrible because it was unfinished. I refused to look at that. I did not look at that because I was like, no, I get it. That would be unfinished. That would spoil everything for you. But then, and then the movie starts off strong until you realize, like you guys said, it's a montage. Okay. We're still on board. We're still trying to see what you're coming with. You have Liev Schreiber as Victor Creed. Now, this is the first Sabretooth that I loved because no disrespect to Tyler Mayne, but he does not have... He's just this growly monster-type creature in the X-Men movies. And here we have a a Victor Creed that you could build upon. This is an actual person and not just, you know, a cartoon character. And that's about it. That's all the good I have to say about this because when they introduce, again... They shit on one of my favorite characters, which is Gambit. He has maybe a bit of a cool moment, and then it all just goes to hell. Everything, the the love interest for Wolverine, everything here is just a mess. And then that thing that they call in Deadpool, I remember the entire cinema groaning and cussing (laughs) and asking, what in the hell is that? Because we were so excited, because Ryan Reynolds was perfect casting for Deadpool. Perfect. And, and we knew that back then. But to see, and they took away his mouth. What the fuck? How do you take away Deadpool's mouth? I mean, the mouth? legitimate thing that makes him, you know, Deadpool. Yes. You know, so, nah, this, at that point, I wanted to rip out my chair and throw it at the screen. I just, I never want to watch this again. I really don't want to see it again. For me, I'll, I'll, I'll throw this out. The thing that aggravates me in terms of, well, okay. There's a lot of things that kind of aggravate me, but again, I will still go back. Uh, you know, like if Fox is actually showing it on DirecTV or something, I'll say, oh, there's an X-Men marathon. Well, okay, I'll sit down and I'll watch it. Um, as opposed to, like I said, the other film. But again, Fox has a weird thing with timelines, and they don't seem to match up their timelines well. No. And yes, I, you know, yes, I get that it was meant to be a solo story on Wolverine, but that sort of weird CGI-ish, um, uh, 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 Professor Professor Xavier, you know, the idea of how uh, Emma Frost was, uh, even what was her name is uh, his girlfriend Silver Fox. Um, yes. How how she was in it. Now I liked the whole um, Koala Koetsu, and I'm sorry, I know I am I am butchering the spirits, but <laughs> I like that whole. Okay, this is how you know the name of the Wolverine and the lover and all that kind of stuff. That was nice. I, for me, was 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 fine with that. I just found when it comes to the actual story, I'm going to agree with, you know, in terms of, I don't necessarily need to know this is how he gets a bike and this is how he gets a jacket. It's, it's no, that was a little too weird for me. Um, yes, 
you know, like I could live, I could live with it, but I don't necessarily need it in my in my catalog to you know, in my in my DVD catalog. Yeah, as I say, it, it was just. It, but even even without the finished special effects, it was still unfinished. It was a very crappy scene with the with the claws in the mirror. Oh yes, 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 yes. Yeah, little things like that. Yeah. yeah, rough. All right, so I'll just run through the. The twin, we'll just call it the 2010s X-Men movies, right? Of course, like I yeah. said, I'm excluding the Wolverine and the Logan, of course, and the Deadpool mm-hmm. movies, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, First Class, um, I really love though. And I, I'll never forget, um, you know, Summer actually listed us at tickets in her top 10 as yeah. far as best movies of the decade go. And I actually okay. rewatched it. Yesterday, before we met up online, I'm like, yeah, I, I don't blame I don't blame your decision at all. I mean, it still works. Um, I love how edgy it was, like how intentionally edgy it was. I mean, it's coming up from Matthew Vaughn, right? So it's like, okay, well, last year the guy did kick ass. So this year it's like, okay, well, I gotta take some of that edgy. This uh, they were kick ass. I gotta put it into X Men movie. So yeah. you're really gonna see Magneto yeah. be a badass. You're really gonna be like, yes. I mean, he's killing people off the worst ways, but it feels again, so satisfying. <laughs> yes, um, right. Michael Fassbender as Magneto, perfect. Um, his team though that 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 sticks with you. Um, and not just that though, I just love the fact that you know it still tells a great X Men story. Um, of course, G's McAvoy playing Professor X. Um, you know Jennifer Lawrence McGill playing Mystique. And you know, as as I said, how you have an issue. Well, how you said somehow how you have an issue with her as a character. Um, yeah. I, I kind of picked up on it more here because mm-hmm. it felt like, okay, she, there's this thing, there's this long running thing about her wanting to feel like she belongs. But there's a moment literally where she kind of like beckons, um, you know, Magneto to sleep with her. But this is right before, this is right after, sorry, um, Beast tells her about this cure that he, um, that she has, the, that he has, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like you're not really sure if she just like manipulated her way towards a side, but eventually she does side with uh with thing to um putting Mystique into this whole thing from the beginning was wrong in my opinion. Um not the yeah. not the early movies, not the early mm-hmm. movies so much because she did work with Magneto in the comics from time to time. But when they yeah. made her a friend of Xavier's, they kind of lost I mean, me I on that aspect. Yeah, that's yeah. Like, and I, I get where they're coming from, because, like, at the very end, yeah. where she, she turns on, on Xavier, you feel it, but still, it's like, yeah. yeah. But she doesn't, she's much, much, much older. She's like Wolverine. She has a healing factor, and you can't yeah. really tell what her age is. So to stick her in there as a kid, it never felt right to me. It always felt off. And yeah. I think was there yeah. explaining how she ended up with Magneto in the Ian McKellen version. But they could have done that better. There was no reason to make her ally an ally of uh, Xavier at first. So it's the one aspect of it that doesn't work for me. But right, the film right. itself, I absolutely love this movie. Same, same here. Um, I dug well, of course, the music. I dug the just the visuals, or the action, yeah. and um, yeah. just how they were able. I mean, if there's one thing that the series by now kind of perfect is how to juggle all these different characters and kind of make us like them, kind of like their mm-hmm. powers. But then, of course, mm-hmm. and this is what the show and you could see the franchise as a whole, just X-Men as general Neils, is that, yes, we have these powers. And you might think, oh, okay, it's all right. You could you could bend metal or move metal, but 
you push somebody that far, somebody really taps into their power. And you could see how deadly that shit is. You know what I mean? Mm, and I mean, yes. you saw that really with first class, you know? There's there's two things with, with that first class for me. One, I always say that that is Fassbender's um, uh, James Bond audition um, movie. Right. This yeah. Yeah, yeah, whole yeah. scene where, you know, when you... you when he's in Argentina and he's going to kill yeah. the guy, he turns yeah. to the camera. Yeah, yeah that is, and I look at it like, yeah, Royale. That, that's Casino Royale. That's Casino Royale shit right there. Like, like, you know, that's his audition. So oh, and even the way how the movie... That, that, and even how the movie ends... Sorry to cut you. Even though the movie mm-hmm. ends with him saying, I prefer Magneto. That's straight yeah. up Magneto. Yeah. Oh, Casino Royale, yeah. the name's Bond, James Bond, right? James yeah. Bond. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, so I, I, for me, I, 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 that was always my hilarity there. I didn't really have an issue in terms of um, baby Raven and, and, and baby Charles. Uh, I, I, if I'm being really honest, in the end with the mutant and proud, there's something about yeah. that. I, I yeah, always okay. just like, no, right. um, the yeah, idea, it's all right. Yeah, it's like, it's okay. It's a little bit of cheese, but okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, but I, I I loved the bromance, um, the understanding, and the and what I would call the bromance that led into um, even in X in, in, in Days of Future Past mm-hmm. between Charles and uh, Charles and 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 Eric. And coincidentally, yeah. coincidentally yeah. we have real life best friends here too. So you know, it looks right. <laughs> fun for many levels. I, I, and that for me, I loved. I, I really loved how they interacted with each other, you know, how they pushed each other. And the idea of actually seeing yellow costumes. So, yes, I know. Yes. Right? Classic costumes, yes. yeah. Oh, done, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. yeah that was I'm a, a, I, uh... a lot of uh, Kevin Bacon as Sebastian Shaw. I just want to put that out there. I think that, right. was, that was well done. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah for me, uh, this is my personal, this my personal, my personal favorite of the X Men films. I mean, it just works so well. The arc works. Um, like, I, to me, that's such a like dish scene. It's probably the best oh scene in yes. X Men, in my opinion. It's just so good. That whole montage, we training them. Um, well, okay. So remember, this came out after Wolverine, right? This yes. from I remember, it was supposed to be. So and you, you, you saw. No, no, some... no. Uh, actually, it came out before the before the Wolverine. It came out before the Wolverine. No, no. I talk about X Men Origins Wolverine. Uh, oh, okay. My bad. My bad. Right. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, yeah. so, so you saw some of the DNA of what was supposed to be X Men Origins Magneto, right? You saw yes, a little bit. Yes. Yes. Because they let in right. So they led into one of my favorite, smartest calls in all of that Brian Singer did, which is making Magneto a Holocaust survivor. That is mm. such a smart right. call. It was a really smart call in X-Men 1, and it, they, they, they came back and did it. As far as I know, they, I don't think they ever did that before this. As no, far as but I knew. It, wasn't, it is in the comics, sir. He is a Holocaust survivor. Okay, right, but did it, did it, was it in the comics before this movie or after? No, I think was it was before. Com- I think he was okay, always okay. a Holocaust survivor, yeah. Okay, okay. It's just that they expanded on the character as time went on, kind of thing. Right, okay, okay. Got to get the sense that you would, right, okay. So I, to me, but to me, it was such a great call, and then they did that opening sequence with him as a boy in, in this film, with Sebastian yes. Shaw. Oh, my God, it's yeah, my favorite that was, sequence. That was, that was Dark yeah. scene, make it work, and then they, they just make it. They make it mostly a Magneto story. It's a big revenge story, so you could tell like a good chunk of that script was in this, mm-hmm. and then they build from it, it with the origin stuff. It's a bit Skywalker, isn't it? It's a bit Anakin right. into Darth Vader, so that's yeah, 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 it is. 
but better, yeah. but better executed. <laughs> I, you know, I wouldn't have thought about that, but yes. Right, and, and for me, I I just thought it was just um, it's. You made so many smart calls um, with 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 uh, Eric, um, sorry, with Michael Fassbender, uh, and it, it just blew from there. The future movies kind of squander a little bit of that, but we'll talk about it. I, yeah. I do also uh, just quickly, uh, James McAvoy, uh, this mm-hmm. young Charles, how he how cocky he is. I mean that 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 is perfect because in, in the comics, young Charles is very cocky. He's very much he makes mistakes because he thinks you know he knows everything. You know right. <laughs> that sort of thing. I, mm-hmm. I I do love that they played him like that as well. Like, the only thing I don't really like here is Emma Frost. Um, it's such a waste. Such a waste. Daniel Jones, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they could have done more with her, um, as opposed to just making her this okay. I'm I'm attractive and I have I'm a telepath. And, and, and they do yeah. they do nothing with it because she's supposed to be like on the level of like Jean Grey, right? Well, not on the level yeah. of Jean Grey, but pretty yeah, high up now. She is very yeah. very powerful, and she has always been a hell of a villain. And then she's yeah, now she like has... an anti-hero. So they yeah. could have done so much with that. She could have been I in the role that Seek is in, as far as I could Exactly. In fact, that would make more sense. Like, yes. because they're both psychics now, or something like that. Yes. No, yes. that would make more sense. Yeah, right. Right, right. These are future past. Um, I remember it being such a big deal, and I think this was like the first time I've seen like a comic book movies where okay, we're we're actually going to this is actually like the reset button. Mm. You know what I mean? Of the franchise, we're we're gonna do this one right. thing, this big crossover, this, this big crossover event, basically. Between the old X-Men actors and the new X-Men actors, I would basically gonna just wipe away the 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 the, the bad taste from your mouth that was left after mm-hmm. the last stand mm-hmm. and you know um X-Men Origins Wolverine. And for the most part it worked. Um I dug how they brought back John Utman's score. I mean it, I was it was so happy to hear it. We got to see Sentinels for the first time. I, I like the future version Finally. and and how they, <laughs> they look like, you know, how they incorporated um you know the skills from um from mystique but mystique. then you got to see kind of like the old you know large robotic ones in the 70s or well, yeah. yeah to say that you have a yeah. 70s um timeline here uh wolverine being the central character and you know him having to go through oh, that yeah. yeah and they would just see the characters go back and forth at the ticket woods right if but in retrospect though after watching it a few times um I remember back like when I first saw it, you know, minds were blown and I would just thought it was like the greatest thing ever. No, you know, I mean if, if I have one gripe with it is I felt that the second act second act kind of slows down a bit because you know it's X-Men, so we have to have a lot of character moments. And while I dug them, it just kind of slowed things down and I just felt like okay, we're talking about action set pieces. They weren't really much to it. It was just about this race for time thing and we have to alter the past and all that kind of stuff. Like yeah. it's good, but I just kind of want a little bit more action. Um, there's actually a rule cut, which is the mm. name of the extended cut. I actually saw that. I actually recommend you check it out. Because, yeah, okay. uh, Rogue was actually in this film, but she's in the what? future. And what happened is that she was trapped. Well, she was trapped by the Sentinels in Cerebro of all places, right? So Magneto basically wow. had to go and save her and bring her back. Because what happened is the moment where Wolverine got the dream about um, Weapon X. Yes, Wolverine and them nightmares. That's one thing that never goes away with these series, with these um, with these films. Yeah, remember he cuts, he fatally cuts um, Kitty. So they had to bring yes. in Rogue now to, to drain her powers temporarily to come to continue the right. thing that they were doing. So that was the reason why. I was like, all right, that, that's actually really cool. That that's really cool. You know what I mean? 
Uh, but yeah, you know, it, it was a solid movie. Just I felt like the second act kind of slowed things down, right? And then, of course, we were excited as hell when we saw, you know, um, En Sabano, a.k.a. Yeah. Apocalypse, mm. and the Four Horsemen. It's like, okay, oh, good, boy. all right. Yeah. And then we get to Apocalypse, right? And, <laughs> all right, we, 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 so, yeah, <laughs> it, it, um, so, okay, we bring Cyclops in this because, if you remember, in, um, X, well, sorry, in X-Men First Class, we saw his brother Havoc. It's like, all right, Cyclops right. is here. Um, they, they, they cast Sophie Tudor, of course, who was riding high off of Game of Thrones to play Jean Grey. I thought they wasted her. She was just there to, oh, yeah. you know, you know me that, uh, you know me that, trying to build this love interest between her and um and Cyclops. They just kind of threw it away. But and here's the thing, yeah? just just like with the last stand, ironically, there's a lot of interesting ideas here, right? Um, characters that they brought back and characters they introduced. Um, which I felt will be said case in point. Um, Jennifer Lawrence, once again, as Mystique here, yeah. I just really felt like she was just fooling it in. It's, yeah, it's to the point that she just kept I feel at this point... her, that yeah. she there, there's numerous moments of her without the makeup <laughs> mm-hmm. on her. That's to show how much she, that's how that's to show less of a shit she can't she, she gave she it this is. one. Yeah, 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 and yeah. last thing, last, well, was speaking of um, speaking of, 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 of makeup, Oscar oh, yeah. Isaac as Apocalypse Way. I, like I, I understand, I understand they wanted to go for a more traditional look. They didn't want to do the CG thing, but in this case, do the CG thing. Because I'm uh, sorry, I mean I love Oscar Isaac, but him as Apocalypse was just he just looked yeah. literally like Ivan Ooze from Porridge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they just squandered everything. And then it was even worse. And I'll just stop right here. They 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 had they had the balls red. To friggin' shoehorn Wolverine in this just to show, oh well, this is what happened to him between the, um from the end of um these of future past to now. And they never justify anything. It's just, oh, he's a weapon X project and he just came out and you know, um oh gosh, Jean Grey was there and touched him and I, you I know, just... he pulled the beast down and then he ran away. The end. That's that's what we get. Is there anybody yeah, this, else this is was anybody else creeped out a little bit? Because Jean is like 19 or thereabouts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember, yeah. 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 I remember watching that and I was like, oh, wow, okay. It's basically yeah, vampire rules applying when it comes to Wolverine. So you don't think about the age too much because technically he's so much older than everybody else anyway. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's the wrong things up, right? So in retrospect now, it's not as bad as, like, I remember the first time I saw it, I reviewed it with Ricardo on the BSB to be the podcast. I was marginally fair towards it. Like, it wasn't perfect, but I was like, all right, at least they, they, they do some stuff and it, it work and entertain as far as minus popcorn entertainment goes. Now when I watch it, I could see the flaws. It's more bad than good in this. But I will still say it's not the worst X-Men movie out, like I've, I've ever seen. That title goes to... Dark Phoenix win. And oh, in boy. preparation for this review here, I honestly, honestly was considering watching this movie again because I didn't go to see it in theaters when it came out last year at, at recording. I watched it after the fact, after hearing all the bad reviews and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, yeah, this, this, this shit is horrible. And not just horrible, it's boring. Terribly boring. They watched the, the Dark Phoenix saga once again. Yes. And everybody, yes. even right down to Sophie Turner, like, 
you, they, they, they looked like they didn't want to be there. Now, I know behind the scenes there was a lot of drama going on, you know, with Disney buying out Fox and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, okay, well, eventually X-Men would have been on Chopping Block Boy. But still, like 19 years after the first movie come out, at least put in some effort, man. It didn't seem like anybody wanted to be there. Simon Kinberg, who wrote some of the scripts and produced some of the movies, they brought him in to uh, direct. This is his first time directing a full feature, and it shows... Because, yeah, it was just sloppy. Just sloppy writing, sloppy directing, sloppy CG, just sloppy everything. And the, the last thing I'll say, though, just, just before we get to your thoughts, Sam, the worst part about it, too, is that this is the end of the X-Men series. This is the yep. end of the new, well, the soft reboot that we got with, with Sat, with First Class, and just mm-hmm. X-Men, period. And, uh, well, I don't know if we're ever going to get, well, you know, people keep talking about that X-Men will become part of the MCU Okay, well, hopefully one day. I'm not really looking forward to it. But just as far as what we got, as far as these X-Men movies in the 2010s, yeah, this was just a terrible, terrible way to end things off, man. Yeah, so some of our thoughts on the, well, pretty much, um, these are future past the um, documents. Days of Future Past, um, I enjoyed that for what it was. It, it, I, I respected the reboot idea, and I was happy for it. So I'm not going to uh, mess with that one too much. Um, my memories of it is, are, are pretty good. Um, and at the end of the day, I would have still preferred if, instead of using Wolverine once again as the main character, that they stuck to, in the comics, uh, it's actually Shadowcat that goes back. Shadowcat, right. Not, not, yeah. yeah, not Wolverine. I think it would have been interesting. It would have opened things up more if they had given it a chance and, and trusted the audience and let that ah. happen instead of it being worse. I wanted, you know? I wanted, I wanted Bishop to go back. You know, that guy. You know, he's a great actor. Yeah. I find. Yeah, I wanted right. him to go back, yeah, like, I, like in the, um, like in the cartoon. Yes, and Bishop is wasted. I mean, completely here. And yeah, then yeah. a bishop yes, kept yes. things in nicely to Age of Apocalypse because right. the entire Age of Apocalypse storyline, it ha- it's, it's all about an event, this large event occurs and it completely changes up everything. You get Wolverine ending up with Storm in the future and they're married. Mm-hmm. You get, you know, you get Cyclops is now working for Apocalypse. You have all this cool stuff to play with. And instead, all we get here is noise and another Magneto story. It's yeah. very lazy. You know, and funny enough, I would put Dark Phoenix over this, and I'll tell you why. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I I did not like Age of Apocalypse at all because I'm a huge fan of that comic story, and that yeah, entire yeah. thing is a mess. And don't yeah. get me started with Storm, poor Storm. Maybe oh, maybe they should just reboot that character and start over because Dark Phoenix, as bad as this movie is. I, first of all, I don't blame Sophie Turner, right? I really feel like she's trying to do something with this character. She's trying to show you the pain and the struggle and the fear and the anger and all the stuff that would cause these kind of powers to go haywire, you know? Um, I, I like the ending a lot. I like the, 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 the final battle. I think it's really well done. It, like, all the effort went into that, you know? Um, yeah. I hate the, I hate what they did. I hate what they did with the aliens, but okay, fine, you know, whatever. So yeah, that's a mess of a story, but I still would watch this again rather than watch over X-Men uh, Age of Apocalypse because that just pisses me off every time I see it. It's just such a waste of that entire storyline. As a matter of fact, 
if they did it properly. Age of Apocalypse could have been where they ended at because yeah. then you could have taken you could have taken them into the future. You could have had this entire story, and then from there, Wolverine is the first one, and you get your Wolverine, so you get your cake and you get to eat it too because right. in the comics. Wolverine is the first person to realize that the world they were living in was the wrong world, that something was wrong. And from there, you get to do your reboot again. You get your soft reboot. It, it, it's there in the comics for you, so you have a valid reason for the reboot. And then Disney could take it wherever they want to take it after that. They could reboot the entire thing from Age of Apocalypse. They could basically, it's like Flash running back and causing another Flashpoint. That's mm -hmm. what Wolverine does in Age of Apocalypse. And you could have started again. And do the Dark Phoenix saga properly. It that should be three films, not one. It will never, ever, ever work as one movie. It's just impossible. Right. Uh, Ricardo, <laughs> quick thoughts on yeah, <laughs> good rat, good rat do. Right, Ricardo, <laughs> quick thoughts on these of future pass apocalypse and that right. Movie. So yeah, I I thought they completely blew their reset button chance. That's the problem. So, this of Future Pass is another movie I like but don't love. Just a bunch of things I would have changed. I don't really care for this. I don't care for that. But that's some interesting ideas. I think the mistake was, uh, you know, the, the, you know, just not finishing off Magneto's arc, in my opinion. So, what I would have done is have a new movie after this of Future Pass where maybe Future Magneto tell Wolverine something to tell his past self, but he think it's part of the mission, but really to help out his past self. And then, what the next movie would have been is something like an Asteroid M, Genosha, um, House of M kind of something. And then mm. you finally, you finally defeat him there and that is like a Magneto Cold War trilogy. And then right when you end that, then the next set of films would you lead into the X-Men 92 aesthetic real hardener. Right, that's how I'd do that. So like my first big movie would have been Savage Land, then you do Apocalypse, then you do Phoenix. Right or something like that. That is kind of like my 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 spitball and approached it. I thought they completely shot the bed on Apocalypse as well. I hated it. Absolutely hated it. Didn't work yeah, at I, all. I, I remember you hating it when, when we talked about yeah, it. Yeah, it, it didn't work at all. Almost nothing working it. They decided to give Magneto another arc, and it's like yeah, but now Magneto don't need a new arc. Why? And he have a daughter now, and I think that's supposed to be Polaris. I think maybe I'm sure. And. It, it, none of it works. None of it works. Total nonsense. Just a sort of noise. Sort of shitty special you know, effects. I completely forgot about that. About the fact the that Magnet's children is in this movie. Yeah. The yeah, yeah there's, 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 a subplot, there's a subplot, sorry, involving um, Quicksilver realizing, oh my God, right. Magnet is my dad. And he was about to tell him. He's about to tell him, but he's like, uh, okay, I'll hold up. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then they bring back, they bring back a character like from HM from uh, uh, X-Men First Class. That's Moira. And I'm like, hey, cool. You know, yeah. they do something with Moira. Ah, this is rubbish. Utter rubbish. Hated it. Absolutely hated it. And <laughs> Dark, Dark Phoenix. Yeah, that, that is, that, I just kind of write off the whole thing. Like, I, I watched it again, much like it's summer. Yeah, the ending was good. Like, everything, all the effort went in that. But I, at that point, I stopped caring. Like, I just signed out because, like, <laughs> all right, the Marvel fixes shit already. I hear Janelle Mooney go and be stormy. I do that. You do that. <laughs> stop, <laughs> you know, kill everything that's, else. Kill it, kill it, kill it. All right, yeah, Tracy, that's so good. quick thoughts. All right, Tracy, quick thoughts on um, the DC Future Pass, Apocalypse, and um, Dark Phoenix. So hmm. I'll, I'll... quickly. I'll gloss, I'll gloss over Days of Future Past because I don't have much of a problem with it. That was fine. It was more towards the end that I kind of have an issue with when, uh, you know, the president comes out and starts talking and one or two things in that that I'm not really too keen about. 
but that was fine for me my thing is when i watch um apocalypse and i i, I have apocalypse and i have last stand and that kind of gives me that royal castle kfc feel in terms of you know how we like to say we will take the royal castle fries and the kfc chicken because yeah. like the you know the, the, i love that analogy though because like 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 the angel that we got in apocalypse I was like, yes, I'm I'm done with it with the metal wings and the way how they they, they operated it there. That yeah. reminded me of watching the '90s cartoon as opposed to the, what they tried to do with him in the last stand. And there was a few other stuff like that. Um, in terms of, well, you know me, I, I agree completely in terms of the Ivan who's seen that, and I always feel like Apocalypse's voice, and it really is because of me living on the cartoons. But that voice for movie apocalypse was not happening for me at all um in terms of dark phoenix i agree in terms of the idea of saga this is a saga and i it, it really yeah it, it's a waste of jessica chastain it's a waste of sophie turner and i i i i, I realize this with studios like fox there's a lot of how much cake can we cram down your throat um in the time that you have and i felt yeah, like okay that's that's that, that's fox's problem or at least that was fox's problem so i don't really talk too much about um dark phoenix i just wished that they would have maybe taken the time and say let's just build that out in three movies wrap up everything else and just give sophie her own trilogy down the dark side or whatever that would have been fun for me right right so yes, folks, without further ado, we're just going to jump into the first X-Men movie, the, the, the movie that started all, right? Of course, it's directed by um, Brian Singer. The music was done by Michael K um, Kamen. I always remember him as the guy who did the scores for, you know, the Little Weapon series. Um, so, you know, it was just cool just seeing his name in this movie. There, okay, tend to forget that, yeah, he did the music here. Okay? Just keep taking John Ottman and Henry Jackman and those folks, right? So um, yeah. I love how it opens with, you know, well, the Holocaust, right? Polar 1944, um, seeing a young man, Nito, and it's just such a powerful moment with him being pushed aside by the, um, by the, by the soldiers and his uh, family is on the other side of this gate where his parents actually, and he's trying, he's like, he's reaching out to them now. And then you just see the, um, the, the gate itself, set of bed and stuff like that. I really think it's such a powerful moment. A good call on, uh, great call, I should say, on uh, Brian Singer. Um, with, you know, starting the film with that now. That was really cool also that um, X-Men First Class does the same thing. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if it's a shot. I shot remake. I had doubt it because it really does look like, yeah, it's the same thing except for one shot of, you know, just this... Um, this building basically uh, well, where we where Sebastian Shaw's office is. I think that's like the only new thing that they put there, right? Mm -hmm. Anywho, so we cut now to well the not too distant future, right? Um because you know it's it's late nineties, well early two thousands films, so you can't say presently. You have to say it's in the near future, whatever it is, right? Um uh, when in Mississippi we're introduced to well Rogue, right, who is played by Anna Packwood. Um and I don't, I don't forget like the first time I saw this, I was kinda of, like it did kind of take me back a bit to see that she was one of the central characters in the film. And here's pretty much where we kind of, uh, where the film establishes how these mutant powers are pretty much um, awakened, right? Um, her being a teenager and, you know, um, well, there's a moment her in the bedroom uh, kisses the boyfriend and then, well, you know, he, uh, she pretty much almost, I should say, sucks out his life essence, right? Mm -hmm. um, and he told me that, you know, um, you know, like this, the mutant gene pretty much comes out, um, 
you know, in your teens, well, for the most part, and also mm-hmm. if you're, you know, I stressed or, if yeah, yeah, right, or if you're stressed or whatnot. So that was cool. Um, and then another thing that I forgot about, but I actually really like about this particular X-Men is the slight political angle that we get here. So we cut to the White House and we see Jean Grey, who's played by um, Fanke Jansen, if I got the name wrong, forgive me. Uh, but she, you know, she's talking about mutation being the next step in human evolution, right? And then we introduce to Senator Kelly. Kelly? Senator Kelly. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, who is played by Bruce Davidson and quite excellently, I must say. Um, and I love where he was, where pretty much he is talking like the, the naysayer. You know, he's like, well, you know, our mutant's dangerous. I mean, look at these freakish individuals with all these powers, right? I love where he mentions um, there's a girl in Illinois who could walk through walls. Uh, what if she could walk through, you know, walk into a bike or into the White House, or into our homes? You know what I mean? So I love that. I love where, um, well, okay, so while all this is going on, another person who's watching all this is, well, Charles Xavier, right? Played by the one and only uh, Patrick Stewart, right? And I love where we get this great line from Kelly, which is, the truth is, mutants are very real and they are among us. We must know who they are. And above all, we must know what they can do. I remember that being in the marketing for this. I remember that being pounded in my head before the movie came out. And yeah, to this day, it's still you know what I mean? Because, yeah, it just kind of shows, it just kind of pretty much sums up, yeah, people are generally going to be, you know, um, scared of mutants, right? And this is a team that has followed on um, throughout the rest of the of the, the franchise, actually. Well, with the exception of, uh, of course, the Deadpool series, right? Uh, Magneto shows up afterwards, and I really love the banter between, well, Ian McKellen and, um, and Patrick Stewart, right? And for that me, going cool in, for me. this was like the first time seeing Ian McKellen in a film. Because this was a year before Lord of the Rings, right? The Fellowship of the Ring. I was like, yeah, this man real good, do you know what I mean? And I just love really how they set up the fact that they know each other for, for, for decades. They know each other's skill sets. And they know, they pretty much know what they're going to do. So Xavier knows, all right, Magneto's going to come up with some kind of plan to try to control or take over humanity. And Magneto knows that, yes, Xavier's going to be the first one that's going to try to stop it. Um... Also, done the background as well, too, because, like, there's a lot of, um, like, just the architecture of it, for some reason, have, like, these X's. Like, just something I noticed, uh, like, with the glass oh, okay. and, like, these little X columns that's around them. So, I thought that was really cool as well. Um, I love his final line where he says, uh, we're the future, Charles, but them. them. They no longer matter. I was like, yeah, this, this is just brilliant, you know what I mean? Um, y'all, y'all could cut it, but are ready, right? So, just going forward. That's All fine. Right. Yeah, so cut now to Northern Alberta, Canada. Make sure to write this down. And uh, this is where we're finally introduced to Wolverine. I love Jesse Settlement. Like, he's in this bar. He's a cage fighter. Um, this one guy offers to, to fight him. And, like, the, the ring announcer say, um, don't kick him in the balls because he'll be, he'll be really offended if you kick him in the balls. And I have a feeling like that's like a little in-joke. Like, I guess, like, if you're reading comics, you'll probably know what it is. But, um... I just kind of threw it off like, yeah, this is kind of funny. Okay, whatever. I just moved on. But maybe there's an in-joke that I just didn't pick up on, right? I, um, I also just kind of glossed over that, to be honest with you. No? Yeah. yeah. Right. It, it was kind of weird that they just kind of mentioned no kicking in the balls. Because it's clearly, the, I mean, the show is PG-30, right? So it's not like, oh, kids are just going to laugh at the word balls, right? But clearly you're trying to say something about it. Maybe fans wondering if his balls also have adamantium in it. I don't know. Oh, okay. okay probably, probably. Um, right, so this show does a thing that 
I mean, I understand in film, like especially like in the 2000s, now it's something where it's like it kind of comes up a little, little bit lazy, where you have like a TV on the news report and it's telling you something yeah. that you should know about, but there's a scene that's going on at the same time and you, 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 you try to concentrate on both now. So in the right. subsequent after the, 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 the um after the cage fight, the well the news report talks about Ellis Island and there's this UN summit and uh, all the world's leaders are coming in to talk, you know what I mean, and talk about peace and all that stuff. While yeah. this is going on, um, this is where uh, Wolverine kind of meets um, Rogue for the first time. And then the guy who got his ass whooped comes in, talks about, oh, I want my money. And then he flips the, um, pulls out the switchweed, right? And then, um, of course, this is where we see uh, Wolverine's claws for the first time. I remember the first time I've seen it, thought it was pretty kick ass. Oh, I love also to um, just in terms of like this um, visually, it's how the bar owner comes with a shotgun, and then you see, I guess oh, it. my <laughs> other hand has claws too. You know what I mean? I thought that was really cool as well. So this was for the the non X Men fans um, fans out there. Like, oh okay, I thought it was just in one hand. Okay, yes, in both hands too. Oh okay, that's cool. Um, but yeah, I, I really love this how the, the setup of him this being ready to fight and just being, you know, just being a badass. I really dug that. Of course, um, we learned that Rogue was pretty much just hitchhiking. Um, so, of course, she tags along with um, with Logan. Um, they, they learn about who each other is. Her name is Marie. Um, and one of my favorite, not to cut you too much, uh, one of my favorite right. moments, uh, favorite lines is here as well. When um, she says, you know, I saved your life. And he's like, no, you didn't. The guy was going to stop in the back. And I was like, no, you didn't. And he just walks off. I, I just like that a lot. Yeah. That that always leaders makes me laugh in terms of when she looks in the back of the trailer and she sees how it's, in a mess, and he's like, you know, yeah. if you don't like it, you can always get out and walk. You're like, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> Those tiny moments, yeah. 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 Uh, speaking speaking of moments that 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 made people laugh, right? Um, I'll never forget the first time I saw this in theaters, right? This is the moment where um, where Rogue tells Logan to buckle your your, your safety belt, right? He's like, no, 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 and then afterwards. The tree comes and the, the well the trailer crashes into the tree and he bursts through the um the windshield and there's like this white shot of him sliding on the on the snow. Yeah, I remember yeah. the audience is like the audience I saw it with like cracking up on that though. I said when I watched it today, I thought it was like a really cool shot of him just kinda of sliding like there's something about that. Um but pretty much that shot is well one or two things, right? to, to show uh, Wolverine's healing powers because right afterwards when he when he gets up um, you see this bruise on his um, on his forehead clears up so I thought that was really cool and also um, where we're introduced to um, to Sabretooth which looking at it now is like well if Sabretooth uh. is this you know this this abominable snowman slash caveman character that you threw in at me really here and, and, and then why why so we did the Lee Schreiber thing though in, in, in Origins yeah. I don't understand it, it, it's very lazy. It's just big gorilla guy kind of thing. Um, I like the claws because the claws are definitely representative of what his hands look like. But um, other than that, no, I, d- I don't like this at all. The thing that I have with, with this, uh, there was a, there's a rumor legend story that Brian had told them not to, you know, they don't have, don't read all the comic books. Um, but it was uh, Hugh Jackman who sent out his 
sent out his assistant to learn every, to get as much books and stuff to learn as much about Wolverine. And for me, yeah. watching stuff like that, like okay, that's not really a saber tooth, which means yeah. you know you just what kind of direction did you give him? And then of course with right. costuming and everything versus comic book accuracy of you know who the character really is. Yeah, yeah you're right. I feel like Leaf lifted some background on Sabretooth because he definitely mm-hmm. embodies Victor Creed. You know? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, say what we want about Origins. I, I thought that Leaf actually do his thing, you know. It's just, it was squandered, but, you know. But, yeah, um, right. So, in Duex Machina style, you know, there's, well, before um, Sabretooth's about to, to kill um, Wolverine, and of course, I forgot to mention Rogue stuck in the trailer, and there's a fire going on in the back of the trailer. Um, Storm and Cyclops show up. They come and they, they save the two of them, bring them back to the um, well to the to the match, right? This would be you know, one of them. I, I don't think that would have killed Wolverine the explosion, but whatever. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So so later on, now we 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 see Magneto's lair. And we see that, of course, well, Sabretooth is one of his um, minions, right? Well, I would say, well, this is the part of, well, this is the Brotherhood of Mutants, right? So that's what he's a part of. But um, I never forget to, like, like look at it now, though. Um, I was also kind of confused as to why they had Toad be a, be a side character in this. Like, yeah. okay, like, like, I like Ray Park, right? But I don't know, like, just out of well, all, the, all the bad guys you could pick, Toad, though? Yeah. Like, even cartoons, I was like, well, well Toad is... Yeah, he is one of the brotherhood in the comics. But to be fair, they're not they're not they're not being they're being accurate there. But I don't know, maybe it's a choice of the other characters in the brotherhood, maybe I don't know, money they to, to to show their abilities might have been a little too difficult for them. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, Ray Park is a very talented um, martial artist and stuntman, so maybe that's why they picked him. Maybe it's as simple as that. Right, right. right. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Right, so yes, we, we at the school now. Well, this is, well, this is sorry, Xavier's school for the gifted. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I, I like the little cameos. So you see Jubilee. Um, you also see Kitty Pride as well. Um, for the life of me, I'm not sure if it was Ellen Page who played her there. No. Um, but I know that she was. Not. No, it yeah. wasn't. But what was who's it? supposed to be Kitty Pride there? I still can't make out which character. Oh, the one who runs through the wall. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah, she yeah. Left book, yeah, she left her book and, and then she ran yes, through yes, the door. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember that was that was all over the, the marketed for this one. So yeah. I was like, hey, cool. But I love I love uh, Charles' response because uh, physics. <laughs> I really love um Charles' response uh, when he says physics there to mm-hmm. um to Logan. He's like, yeah, it's like first time you're seeing all this, and well, in terms of like Wolverine's perspective, he now knows that okay, I'm not the only mutant out there, yeah. right? There's more. Yeah. There's more of us, right? <clears throat> and that's even that's made even more apparent when uh, we're introduced to Cerebro, right? Uh, which is of course the device which um, which Xavier uses to to locate uh, both humans and mutants, right? So I, I thought that was like you know great you know world building moments. Um, also the nice little montage involving um, you know the school and how it's kind of thinly disguised as you know just this normal school in New York, but actually it's where you know um, young mutants get to learn about their powers and then. Well, the best of the best, of course, become the X-Men, right? Yeah. Guy running on water and all that kind of... 
Yeah, yeah, guy running on water and stuff like that. Um, there's a moment actually where you, you see they, they, they actually own horses. And uh, right. I'm like, all right, um, why do? Like, like I understand the, the X-Wing beat underneath the, the basketball court and all that, but but why they own horses, though? Like, I don't know. Um, you kind of glossed uh, over that. Yeah, it's one of those things you kind of blink and you miss, though, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right, so um, back to Senator Kelly, right? So I love the moment where he's in the plane, sorry, the helicopter, and he's heading down, I believe, to um, to Ellis Island, right? Kelly's its transformation into right. so awesome. Mm-hmm. I love the yes, visual design fit, and yeah, I mean, we could argue about the skills and all that, but I don't know, right? It's still kind of hard to, you know. Not a fan. Um, Not a fan. I'll be Rebecca Rubigin's Ru- 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 um, Steamos, well, formerly Steamos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I-, I thought that she was just great as um, looking, as to say, at performing as uh, as Mystique. And I just love her flexibility. This is the way how she uses her legs. Dude. Like she does a lot of, you know, kicking and flips and all that kind of stuff. Like I'll that yeah. like I'll talk about it. But I just love how the kind of dominant the dominatrix like kind of slap that she does with a foot to Kelly's face like <laughs> I thought that was like the, really cool but... the line that she gives him with that you know you're the reason you're, it's people like you that was the reason I was afraid to go to school as a child yeah. this I really dug that I really did like how you know that played out yeah, yeah. yeah me too it, it, it shows that there's more to her than it's... just being um, yeah. you know a chameleon now. It's not. It's not that I hate what Rebecca did. Um, I think she did a wonderful job with the character. Um, I'm just not a fan of the, the the look of that character and the way that character is utilized. Because Mystique is very much a du- duplicitous character, uh, and she will serve you once it serves her interests. And they make her here almost like she's so dedicated to Magneto, and it's almost like she's right. they like there's a love interest thing going on. Yeah, there. yeah. She, is, I don't, I don't she look. is her own villain. She is right. a proper villain, you know. She's nobody's sidekick. So I just always struggled with that. But for the actress and what she did and what she had to put up with with that full body makeup, huge props. Ten out of ten. Right, right, right. Um, in retrospect, I also dug uh, Magneto's plan, or at least the device that he uses for the plan, which is basically this machine that um, that yeah, sends out this big, you know, um, how to say? Like it's like it's like a force field of sorts. No, but why him touching it, sending out radiation? Like what Magneto has to do with this machine is something I never quite got. Like. I, I want in even true, in rewatching, I'm like, what it is about Magneto is causing this wave of radiation that could transform yeah. people on a molecular well, level, you know? It's right. very it's it's I, I don't just, know. I, I just assume I, yeah, I just assume he was powering the machine because he had magnetic powers and he could turn magnetic powers into electricity. That's the only thing I can I, I could so. I, could I see. That's yeah. all I have. That's all I have. Yeah, you know, he's just a, a, a magnet that he just spinning a, a turbine somewhere. Now. Yeah, it, it really does come off like that though. But um, as we as we see later on, it really does drain his powers a lot. So um, he he hatches a plan, right? But in the process of that, he kind of tests this. He kind of shows off the power of this thing on Senator Kelly, right? Who's a, a prisoner, and um, mm. actually like how his 
body changes basically where it becomes more watery more liquid yeah. and just that shot yeah. of him can actually escape in the, the um the prison well he's actually at liberty island which is like a distance away from ellis island yeah. so he manages to escape it's actually a great shot actually where he like the next day he um rises off from the ocean yeah. right and then he walks yeah. on the beach and everybody's like, yeah, they, looking at him like oh my god I wow think, right I, I think this had a stabby cameo in it um, yes, it does. I yes, it does. didn't know it, yes. it was at the beach, right? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. It had to be, it had to be at the beach. Yeah, he's right, standing right. next to like a hot dog cart or something. Oh, and oh right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. I remember that. Yeah, and and once again with with the news reports, there's <laughs> there's a TV there. There's somebody with a TV or radio talking about you know me the upcoming this and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> or yeah, I think it's either that or something with the disappearance of Senator Kelly. Some some kind of thing. But once again, right. just using using the, the a TV, a random TV, as a way of spoon feeding information to the audience. So I, I mm. felt that was a, 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 a that's one of my gripes with the with the, with the movie. Yeah, um, there is that 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 speech. Just to kind of tack back a little bit, that speech that he gives to Senator Kelly about being a God fearing man. I find in yeah. terms of the writing for like if anything, that speech and the speech with him and Charles at the beginning. Those were brilliant. That whole, do you consider God, do you consider God, a, you know, a God-fearing man? Because I think of him as a teacher and a giver of light, and I just yeah. love that. I, I just love that. Don't yeah, it's God, great. It's great. And especially the way how Ian um, delivers it, right? Um, of course, just going to quick make quick mention of the first hint of the love triangle, basically between um, Logan, um, Jean Grey, and Cyclops, right? Plays by James right. Madsen. Um, <laughs> Cyclops in this case kind of comes off a little boyish, and you know it, it doesn't. It, it kind of it doesn't it totally... because he looks a little boyish too. Because there's a part yeah. where he says, "Um, oh yeah, stay away from my girl." You know what I mean? Like, yeah, totally mess up his character in this. Yeah, they spoil that. He um, the thing about it is that starts off pretty strong, and where he tells him, "Um, what are you gonna do? Tell me to stay away from your girl," and he says, "She wouldn't be my girl if I had to tell you that." So I like that. I really did like that. It shows respect for Gina as a woman. It shows respect for the relationship. And then you circle right back around and erase it by making him say, stay away from my girl. I hated that they did that. I absolutely hated that they did that. I don't because know if it was meant to be some kind of joke, but it just fell. I, I think it's meant to be well, like... It, it fell. Joke, it fell hard. But, <laughs> it, but it fell hard, you know? And as, yeah. as you guys said, it makes Cyclops look like a boy instead of a man. Because a man would say... I wouldn't have to, I don't have to tell you that because that then she wouldn't be my girl, you know? It, yeah, I don't it, like it. It's understood you. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Um we we got a really great sequence here. It's one of those moments that I actually forgot where um Logan having a nightmare. Once again, Logan and oh, his oh, nightmares, yeah. right? And um conveniently, uh, uh, I must say, um Rue gets up, you know, just to find out what's going on. And then in the process, she gets stabbed, right? Yeah. And mm. She uses her powers basically to heal the Right, to heal herself. Yeah. And I actually thought that was like a really, really clever way of just showing um well just how yeah, just how powerful she is. I mean I really love that. I what I love is that she didn't know if it would work, you know, she just did it, you know. I didn't know she did. From a from a script writing standpoint, you you kind of now understand why they chose Rogue as a kind of central figure, right? Because now mm -hmm. she could be the one to say, "All right, this is how to 
immediately understand other people's powers and you get to you know it's a quick storytelling approach to tell oh this is how everybody powers work via rope now because yeah. we know what rope could do so it's like oh yeah. when you see her do something and then you see her do something again it's like oh okay and it's a quick you know bounce she could bounce off every character in that way now that's why i think that they made that decision for a movie yeah. script writing standpoint it's very expedient like i get it now that, now that you did describe it like that i think yeah right. i think i would give it more props now yeah yeah, yeah right yeah. Right. Um, so there's a scene later on, right? Well, I forgot to mention one of these students is um, Bobby, right? A.K.A. Iceman, right? And we also see who would become Pyro in X2, right? Um, Another, um, that's sorry, but I'm nitpicking as a comic book fan. Pyro has what? no right to be in that classroom. Pyro sure. was never, <laughs> know, right? ever a member of Xavier's school, as far as I remember. Mm. Like, <laughs> Just right. me nitpicking as a fan. Yeah. All right. So let's just moving a little quickly here, right? So um, yeah. next scene pretty much shows well Bobby, right? Well, who we assume is Bobby, um, telling Rogue, um, you know how everyone in the school, including um, Xavier, is freaked out by her powers, right? Because of what, how she healed herself and um, and Logan, right? And then although the music sells it out, yes, Bobby is my uh, is mistaken disguise, yeah. but it's just kind of funny that. Like, okay, well, I, I, I know we watched that film here, but it's kind of weird that Mystique would pick Bobby of mm. all people. Like, I know Bobby likes Convenient Rogue, right? But conveniently, okay, you're going to play this guy because she would believe him, you know what I mean, out of everybody else, you know? Yeah. So long story short, she she leaves the school. She kind of, well, you know, runs away from the school, actually. And Xavier yeah. uh, now has to use his cerebral to find her. And he actually finds her at the train station, right? And then we actually get a great sequence where um, where Wolverine, well, before Wolverine actually meets her, he actually takes um, Cyclops' um, you know, motorbike, though. And there's a moment where he's riding it, and then he presses the button and goes at top speed. But it's like, look at the road, though. Like, the road have, like... You know, corners and stuff. Like and he's like just riding it like, ee, like if he's riding in one straight line. It's such a two thousands thing, but when you look at it now, it's like, yeah, that that real. That's heights, yeah. <laughs> yeah, clumsy. Yeah, it is. It's, I know where they're going for. I know it's intended for laughs, but it's like, uh, no, right? But I actually do like the the little conversation moment between um between. Rogue and um, and Logan, right, in the train as he's about to leave, right? Just them kind of talking about how they don't want their powers and all that kind of stuff, how they could survive in, the, in this world. I thought that was, like, just a really a nice moment, right? While all this is going on, um, Cyclops and Storm go in, you know, just to look for her as well, too. So they they actually in the ticket booth area. Um, Sabretooth actually shows up and, well, pretty much attacks um, Storm. There's a moment where he grabs her, chokes her, and says, scream for me. I'm like, I get but, oh gosh, do we, like, you really expect her to scream, though, like, 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 she's, she, she yeah, tried, she's choking her, you, you're choking her. Scream Here's the thing, me. and we'll come back to this later on in the <sighs> They really make Storm look weak in this. Storm is a, yeah. a mutant who is not just, um, she's not just elemental. Physically, yeah, we'll she's a, a very adept fighter. 
So it's so much kick saber to its ass every day and twice on Sundays. You know, it's Ooh. just, it's just, I have oh God, it, they just spoil that character for me on screen. I really hope they fix it. But um, yeah, I, I watched it that again and I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of, 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 of Storm for a bit, right? Halle Berry. Uh, yeah. 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 But um, yeah, look. or her attempt at an African accent did not work. Yeah, and rubbish. it's so funny when you watch the mm. other films, she just loses it all together. Like, okay, the, the, the hair is wanting it, the hair is wanting, but the accent is like, bro, come on. Um, like, no, I, I, at least if you're changing things up in the show, they could talk, yeah. talk standard American, like what she does with the other films. Like, come on. And you know what kills me? Iman was right there for the taking. Like, you have yeah. an African person who could have killed this role, you know? Until um, you said that, I wouldn't have thought of that. She, yeah. It, she was always my top pick for Storm, you know? Especially when you see her. It, it's a, a, a short example. She doesn't get to do I much. Don't but the Michael I don't Jackson prefer. video. I yeah. think she's such a queen, you know? Um, and I would have. I don't prefer, I don't prefer Angela Bassett. Oh, yes. Yes, I actually That would have been gold. Yeah, that would have been gold. Well, she doesn't have the face down, you know what I mean? Like, like no no, no disrespect yes. to Halle Berry, but, but Angela has that stoic face about her. No, no, because, yeah, you're right, because Storm is, is very much how her features are very angular. There's a very tall, athletic woman. And you pick tiny Halle Berry to play Storm because why? She's famous yeah. in the moment. You know, yeah. it's just that's it, yeah. <sighs> yeah, that, that's pretty much it. <laughs> but yeah, but, but back yeah. back to the um to the transition scene, right? Um, and then this was all over the um the market for this movie too. Um, Toad appre- um attacks um Cyclops, pulls mm-hmm. out his um his visor, and then of course right. his eye beam shoot out and you know shoot a hole in the ceiling and all that stuff. But the moment that I really dug the most though was just everything in this sequence involving Magneto. From the moment, from the way how he, you know, pick up on, you know, the adamantium in um, in Wolverine's skeleton and use mm-hmm. it to pretty yes. much kind of have him in a cross position. To him, right. like, going up against the cops too, and everybody's like, you know, put your hands up, right? And oh, then he I does it, that. and of course, a great guys coming, you know, hovering over the air and then slamming down. I really, really love that. Yeah, I mean, Wolverine just, uh, sorry, not Wolverine, sorry, Magneto just killed it in this moment, though. Um yeah. What I loved though was um, how. Sorry. No, I was saying the conversation between uh, Charles uh, and yes. Magneto. And yeah, that yeah, I was, I was about to get that. Uh, yeah. Where Charles was using um, using Sabretooth, and yeah, this is another thing that I love about the show and the series as a whole. Like you think, oh, okay, he he has he's he has um, psychic powers. All right, that's interesting. But when you see it in use, especially in really serious moments, it's like, wow, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Be yeah. cool. All right. So yeah, yeah. I love. I just whole, whole that, what I love about that moment though is how terrifying that is. That entire thing for like you know the populace know mutants are out there, whatever. But to actually mm-hmm. you to, to be faced with one and then all the police and the guns are turned on them and that one with the bullet that is basically yeah, drilling on his, on his head. You know, I just that enti- entire sequence is just fantastic, and I have to wonder if they took some. Uh, they took example from that for that scene with Loki making everybody bow. I just feel like there's something uh, there. You, know? you mean it? Mm-hmm. 
In the first half, yeah, just, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. And okay. by the one guy, it's like, I'm not going to bow or whatever, you know? Right, right, but, right, right. Yeah, something about it feels very reminiscent of that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and another another great aspect that I, that I love about the show here, and they, they carry it over forward, is the fact that you know Magneto's helmet is impervious to um to Charles, you know, um, right. psychic, you know, um, sneaking in and, basically, right? Yeah, and I, wish, I, I love how they set it up actually in the um well the first sequence of the two, like still right. searching in here, Charles, that kind of thing. Now. Yeah, I wish I wish they did the thing where you know instead of him choking him, he could have made the attempt to pull off the helmet. But you I know because it's, so because it's stuck yeah. because it's magnet, it's supposed to be magnetically stuck to his head. No, but be, because it's magnetically stuck to his head, he can't just pull it off. Like he can't just use two to pull it off or something like that. Like that, that like an, at least answer that question. Like why you don't yeah, just get something yeah. to pull off the helmet? Something like that. Yeah. I wish I did that or made that attempt. Me right, too. right. I, mean, I didn't even think of the magnetically stuck to his head part, but I was also like, right. well, why not just make him to pull the helmet off, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, okay, so before we get to the, the two dark, right? There's this actually a great moment involving um involving Kelly, right, who shows up to the to the mansion conveniently, of course. Um, and Storm is treating him. And then we get a moment that like for the first time I saw it, I remember kind of being blown away by it. Because of just how freakish it look, and today it, I think it still holds up. Um, Kelly's like dry, drying up scene though, where he literally right. melts in front of us and just kind of turns yeah. into water. water. Yeah. And I thought that was like some David Cronenberg body horror <laughs> yeah. shit, and it yeah. works too. I think it still works. Yeah. I love, love that scene. I don't really dig um, Halle Berry's accent, but I just love that scene all this year, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And we and we get a brilliant payoff now because um, well well prior to uh, well after um, Rogue leaves, um, and of course you know um, Mystique is still inside the mansion. She puts this chemical inside the um, the interior. Well, the little, um, there's a little like chemical thing in um, Cerebro, right? Or connected Cerebro. to Cerebro. So right, when, right, right. Uh, right. So when Xavier goes in to try to look for um for for Rogue again, it it affects him and he yeah, goes yeah. into yeah, kind of knocks out now. So I really and, dug that. And a coma. Yeah. I also like that um, it addresses it answers that question. Does my uh, mystique change on a cellular level? Because she does. She can right. she can um she can actually duplicate DNA. So the retina scan would work for right. her. You know. I, I yeah, do yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. 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 Right. Right, so of course the remaining X-Men, you know, seeing that their leader is down, well, of course they have to unite, right? And I mean, this is what we pay money to see. Speaking of pay money to see, now we get to the black leather outfits that they have, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, because because the marketing just kind of hit, we over here like, okay, this is what our favorite characters are going to be wearing. Forget the comics, forget the cartoon. It's like, all right. Well, it's 2000, so... Yeah, okay. it's, 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 again, it's appeal, appeals to realism, right? Oh, well, you know, if the X-Men was real, they'd be wearing this instead of that goofy bullshit from the comics. Yeah, uh, and that and is... There's even a moment where Wolverine um, yeah. we'll asks, um, yeah. um, you yeah. actually go outside these things, and Psycho yeah. says, uh, what would you prefer, yellow spandex? Yellow. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, it, it was a slap to the fans, like a middle finger to the fans, because the answer is yes, yeah. yeah you know, yes. we <laughs> want to see the colors, yeah. So, like, you turning in that shitty line is like, whatever, Brian Singer, yeah. whatever. <laughs> I, I, I think in retrospect, is because of uh, Batman and Robin. 
like this word to be so right. anti-Batman, Robin's like, no, we, we can't have any alterations of the traditional costume. We just had to have them in all black. So whatever. Take yep. take it take it as two thousand. Hold that. I, again, is, judging a movie by another movie instead of letting it stand on its own two feet. It, it, that's what it is. Well, you know, exactly. the funny thing about it is Brian, Brian has been known to do that. Like when he did um, uh, Superman Returns, he would. Uh, there's stories of him actually showing them pictures of like what um, the Nicolas Cage version was like and just say, hey, right. we all want this. And they went and leave him alone and he did the mess. <laughs> that was, but like my, my, my thing in terms of this and the black suit is. This is the problem that I have with we want realism. I get realism. Yeah. I get I get the idea of in a real world. But in a real world, people wear color and there is different types of color. There's different shades of color. They're, they're yeah. meant to be heroes. I don't need to see. And this is something that I have, you know, on another level. But I didn't like I, I, when it came out, I let it pass and I was like, OK, cool, fine. Everybody's in black. They will, you know, blend in or whatever. But they have iconic costumes for a reason, which is why when first class came out and I saw them in yellow, I yeah. went you know, over the moon. That's just, that's just too much ice. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So now we get to the third act, right? This is where our heroes um, go to Liberty Island pretty much to save uh, Rogue, who is... Um, well, pretty much she is in the Statue of Liberty, so to speak. She is at the top of where the crown is at the Statue of Liberty. Um, Magnetos devices there and the idea is that he is going to power it, but um, she will, you know, suck his power out and then will pretty much continue from there. And then he'll set out this big right. force field of radiation mm-hmm. that will just turn all the mutants, sorry, all the uh, humans into, mut- um, into mutants, right? Of course, they right. established early on that, well, it's radiation, so side effects, you know, might be serious, right? So, but, yeah. uh, w- but uh, the mutants themselves, it wouldn't mm-hmm. really matter, right? So it's a really perfect plan. I pretty much dig nearly everything about this third act though i think that yeah. as far as pacing as far as action as far as payoffs i think it is well executed um even mm. from the early moments with uh with the with the x-men going well a uh, great moment with wolverine going through the metal detectors and then it goes off and then afterwards he just uses claws um to disable it and then he flashes um cyclops with the with the middle claw and then we get seen that in theaters and everybody just erupted though i was so perfect too because like yeah this is i never see wolverine do this ever and it's like wow i would have never thought of that um if you write down to logan Talk uh talking about uh well there's a moment where Scott um where sorry where he throws a quip at, at, at Cyclops and he says um I pick it up on a on a your, unfamiliar set. Keep yeah, your eye open. Keep your eye open. So yeah, you know I mean? yeah, that was funny, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um Mystique <laughs> and Wolverine. Um and then the fight well Mystique playing Wolverine, right? And then you have the the, the fight between well fake Wolverine and, and and real Wolverine. I thought that was great. The yeah. shot that was this into my brain because of the marketing um that spin kick that that the yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was before he yeah. morphs into mystique was great though as far as fight choreography goes boy my god they really make mystique into a bad ass to the flips that she does and even yeah, though you I can tell it's wild I but it feels kind of organic over his shoulder. I, I love that shot when they're kind of holding hands and she does this weird kind of jump over his shoulder thing while she's still holding his hands. I, I yeah, love yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They really, like, really 
put some thought and effort into how methodical she is as far as kicking ass though. Um, even make thought kind of a badass though. Okay, there's a moment, just a little shot with him where he just does this like um, he uses his tongue right, and he kind of comes yeah. off from the ceiling and he kicks and storm. <laughs> and then as he lands down, you just see the tongue just yeah. go back into the mouth. I was like, yeah, it's hard though. It's real hard. You know what I mean? Um, there's a moment where Toad confronts Gene and there's a moment where he does this kind of dumb little jig. A little dance now. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I, I always remember that though. I always remember that being particularly funny. And then when I see it, well, well I want to watch it today. Um, I think it's a laugh though. It's still kind of funny. <laughs> the way Toad to it. Toad is stuff. that kind of character. So it fits really well with the character. I feel like maybe it was improvised, but it works. Right, right, right. Um, Storm comes through and she's on some reading more to come at shit because she comes down with the lightning bolts, with the lightning coming out to she eyes and the lightning bolts coming yeah. out to she eyes. And the fly, the fly look, the fly yeah. look real fake. The fly yeah, look real yeah. fake because obvious yeah. strings like she's way. They're gonna shoot that over. Yeah, I, I, like, I know where they're going for. They're going for theatrics, but uh, you know. But, but the, she... the thing is, with, with her being claustrophobic and stuff, because she was in that, that was that, that elevator yeah. shaft. Yeah. Well, she's not claustrophobic in this movie. Yeah. They, they, no, they throw no. that up. Right. So, I, I, like, you see her come out and think there's no, there's no, no emotional trauma to say, well, okay, maybe she's yeah. going to go nuts now. And, no, she just and very calmly looks at him. She got a shot of her, like, raging in the elevator, you know, freaking yeah. out. And the mm. power just kicking in, you know? That would have been awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> And then we get a line with still to this day what <laughs> confuses me and makes me cringe at the same time. Do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? Same thing that happens to everything else. What? Written, written by Joss Whedon. I don't think it's that bad. I'll tell you guys that. In re-watching it again, I think the delivery is bad. Because I think it was supposed to be a little more, like, funny. She delivers right. the line way too serious. And that's right. why it feels so flat. I, I I just, I don't think it's a bad line. I think, like, somebody like right. Deadpool would have nailed a right. line like that. Like, Ryan Reynolds would have nailed yeah. that line. You know? As I said, the line, yeah, written, written by Joss Whedon, by the way. <laughs> oh, my God. <Whoa. laughs> Classic. Like, like, like he did resurrection, didn't, didn't teach him a lesson or two, right? So, you know. Yeah, like a same thing that happens to everything else, you know, something like that. It right. doesn't it right. to be serious. I, I think the accent also. No, I, I was saying I think the accent and all in that particular moment. Yeah. Because mm. you, you're hearing the quasi whatever variant of of Africa <laughs> that accent was. Um, the same thing that happens to everything else. It's just weird. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yes. It is. Um, I actually forgot this was in the movie. We get that excellent, excellent scene involving pretty much a beat and switch, right? You know, being fake, um, well, it's pretty, pretty much Storm. involving Wolverine and Storm. And you know, in your head, you take it, oh, Wolverine is, is the fake one, but actually, it's Storm. I was like, what? That was real good. Like, I would have, I, I, I don't think I gave that, that scene a round of applause when I saw it back then, but I would have, I would have. That was such an excellent scene. Um, and yeah. I love how afterwards, where Wolverine comes back and it's like, um, yeah, Cyclops is like, how do we do it? It's real you. It's like, you're a dick. You're He's a like, dick. okay. <laughs> yes, okay. 
Right. So in the next scene, basically, this is where they confront Magneto. And once again, Magneto just being so smart, so calculated, right? I love how he uses his powers to pretty much stick them to the in interior of the of the head, basically, of the Statue of Liberty. I love how he takes off um, Cyclops' visor and then angles him in front of Jean. I thought that was great. Yeah. Also having yeah. Um, Wolverine well, pretty much, um, yeah, with the claws stuck to his chest. Well, sorry, his hands to his chest. So should he, you know, open all his claws, he gets stuck, right? So I just love those little things. So there's, there's yeah. a thought that he put into it. And like, then, right? of course, you know, Storm can't go off inside of there because it's copper lined, you know, it would kill everybody. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I love yeah, his line really where he fun. tells Cyclops, I thought you lived in a school. Uh, yes. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. That's Brilliant. a good one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So of course Logan had to make the, the hard decision. He unsheets his claws. Um, of course he sticks himself and he has a freedom himself. Um, there's a moment where he kind of beckons. Um, he beckons Cyclops pretty much to use his eye beam. But what he does, he acts. Gene to pretty much use her um, telekinesis system move the visor so his eye beam hits the visor and then you know um, to the device thing right. So that was cool. Um, we get a decentish you know, fight between um, between Wolverine and, and Sabretooth. I say decentish because, of course, you know, it's late 90s, early 2000s. So, yeah, a lot of, of, a lot of physics, and... yeah, a lot of wire yeah. and physics thrown out to the out to the out to the um, out to the room. There's even a moment where, um, literally, Wolverine is hanging on by his tis by his um, claws. And like his body is like stuck out now and is actually on one of the <laughs> the um the tips or whatever it is you want to call it on the yeah. crown. And then he yeah. to flips himself back on it. Feet first though. Yeah. yeah. I'm like no. The thing that that in like the late nineties and early two thousands for me is like you know, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a superhero movie. You know, it's a comic book movie. So you know, the laws of reality don't necessarily apply. Yeah. So yeah. you know, physics is out the window. Don't worry about that. That's the <laughs> sensibility I think that some studios had. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, also, I forgot to well, I forgot to mention to um, you know, with with the with the eye beam with the um, basically with uh, Cyclops using his eye beam. Um, a beam actually hits Sabretooth those and it's up hitting him off and it's up falling basically through a nearby um a nearby boat that's by um Liberty Island. Also there's a moment where basically Jean uses uh, her powers to get Logan um up onto the same you know device that Magneto's using to pretty much stop Magneto. And in the process, uh, what you see, you actually see the signature silver hair streak shows up. Yeah, right. That for the first yeah. time I was like, okay, well, yeah. I don't hate yeah, it. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of live with that. All right. I don't hate right. it. Yeah, I don't hate yeah. it. Yeah. Right, and then of course, well, Cyclops optic glass. Yes, I use it optic glass for the first time here. Optic glass uh, magneto, right? Um, <laughs> and then there's a moment where Wolverine uses, uh, well, Rogue who is unconscious, so he pretty much like allows her to touch him, right? I thought that was like a really powerful moment. I just and the music the... swelling in that was really good. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 yes, and, yes. And, and, and... And he nails it, the emotion of the moment without any words, he nails it, you know, and he touches her and he realizes nothing is happening, you know, and he thinks he's lost. So I, I yeah. really love it. Yeah. And I love I love the moment where you see um his where all of his wounds pretty much reopened though. I, I thought yes. that was like yeah. 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 Um 
of course, Magneto is stopped in the process. He flees. Um, there's a moment where, um, where we wonder what happened to Mystique, and she actually like um, disguises herself as like a guard, like just a random gardener. It's yeah. like, oh, it's okay, <laughs> let's, let's pick him up there. I thought that was cool. Um, of course, because of the cuts that she got from um, the scars that she got from the previous fight with um, with Wolverine, you see those mm-hmm. there. Yeah. All right, so of course, um, Charles is back to normal. Everybody back to where they are. And I like where pretty much Gene says that uh, Rogue's a bit taken by Logan. And then he responds, he says, um, you could tell that my heart belongs to someone else. And then he, he glances over at, um, at Gene. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll see it again. That, 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 was, that was nice too. Um, and uh, to be as thought is still a great way to set up the love triangle between yeah. her yeah, and yeah, yeah. Logan. And, by, and Scott, no. by the way, do you guys know that in the comics now they're a throuple? Yeah, yeah. Stop. Yeah, really? Yeah, Wolverine, Cyclops, and Jean Grey. Yeah, so that's basically where they're at right now. Uh, Cyclops without Emma Frost, huh? in my opinion. Whatever. I, yes, I know, right? Oh my God, I need to upload a quick card on that one. Yes, yes, yes. 100% off. That's the best arc. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. It really is. Right. And now we get to the epilogue of the film, right? So, um... Charles pretty much tells Logan that there's a abandoned facility over at Alkali Lake, right? So where they spotted him earlier in the film. Perhaps he'll find all the answers there. So I like that. That was a nice little teaser for what to expect in um, X2, right? Um, also, there's a nice little twist where, well, back then, and it still is, right? Where um, Senator Kelly, well, who we assume is Senator Kelly, is actually Mystique in disguise. But once right. again, you see the whole TV news thing and this... All right, like I understand as far as, you know, the, the movies go, but ever so often, like, they will always have, like, a, a, a shot of, like, her eyes turning yellow for, like, about a few seconds. Yeah. And, you know, it's just that Storm, who is watching the TV, pauses at just the right time for, for them to be like, oh, okay, so the Kelly's actually mystique. Ah, okay, I see. Yeah, like, like Just I mean, we, we didn't really of, need it yeah. because, I mean, unless the fans were, like, completely checked out in the moment Kelly died, we all know it's Mystique. We didn't need the, the no. eyes, you know. Well, whatever. But how will yeah. the public know? How will they, how will they understand <laughs> if they don't see the eyes? Yeah, you know, no, it'd either be, you know, don't, Storm... They don't trust your audience, you know? You know, yeah, Storm, Storm, Storm is the, is the, is the um, you know, the YouTuber conspiracy theorist, right? You know, Illuminati... <laughs> Yeah, that, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a nice moment where um, Logan says goodbye to Rogue, but you know, at the time, well, before he's about to leave now, um, he spots her talking to Bobby. So it's like, okay, well, you know, there's a little, little um, relationship thing going on there. And of course, he goes off with Cyclops' um, bike. I thought that was a really nice moment. And then we yeah. get the final scene. Which is set in this plastic prison, right? Um, mm. And actually, dug like the you know the plastic chessboard and the pieces there. It's glass. And actually, comp- my dad has the well, exact set. My dad right. is a big chess guy, and he collects his sets, and he has oh, that well set. Done. Yeah, nice. yeah. Like, okay. Well, just glass set. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, just watching it today, do uh, I watch it? No, um, I couldn't help but compare that to the first time that you see. Um, Xavier and you know um, Magneto talk to each other with that same sort of glass interior that I was telling you about the of the room itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and here you kind of see it again, but in this case, it's not like you're seeing X's. It's more like well, it's a prison, you know, it's it's a jail cell, so it's all like you know um, uh, vertical lines and stuff like that. So I thought that was really cool from a set design perspective, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. 
I just love this the banter between the two of them, where it's like, well, you know, they both know what it, what like in case Xavier, he knows that Magneto is gonna try to sway or sway someone to follow in his in his in his footsteps or yeah. try to figure out a way to to get out, right? Um, and then we get well, probably two of the best closing lines in the whole <laughs> franchise. Have you ever just read it out here? Mm-hmm. The war is still coming, and I intend to fight it by any means necessary. And I will always be there, old friend. And I thought that was just such a great way dialogue-wise to end. You know, as you talk about great lines, I remember there was one when um, I think Magneto was telling Charles, don't you think um, at some point they'll, they'll come after your children too? Meaning the um the kids he has at the you know and Charles responses, I pity any soul that comes to that school looking for trouble. For trouble. And I'm like, yeah. like yeah. yes, I yes, you know. I, I just the love way that. he just looks at him kind of like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. And, and that line itself that you mentioned, some is so great, you know, they actually do it over in apocalypse at the end. Yeah. I didn't notice that till after I, I watched the apocalypse. That. I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah, the, the the final scene with with Charles and well, um, Charles and um, Magneto before before Magneto leaves, right? They pretty mm-hmm. much do the same thing line for line, and I was like, right. why do? Right? But yeah, <laughs> I just always love those final two lines, and then of course the shot where um where Magneto takes down specifically the king, right? As far as the the um the chess pieces go, and you see a magnet underneath. And the way how the music swells though and how it ends, mm. I just thought was just pitch perfect in my opinion. And just to jump into my final thoughts and rating on the show. Um, I'll never forget, like at the time and even now looking at it, I was actually amazed at how serious tone-wise that, that ending was though. And it just left you so excited because it's like, oh my god, like, okay, there's a real big threat. And it just, it doesn't just stop with this first movie, it could keep going on. And now I want to see what happens next. Yeah, but at the time, yeah. though, just ending yeah. a superhero movie like this, like, yeah, things just got real here. I thought that was just a really a testament to how bold this movie was. Because, yeah, this is pretty much for better for will show that, yeah, superhero movies can be serious, right? We could actually tell really great stories, we could entertain, we could actually make non-comic book fans be aware of how serious the situation is, so you will care more about the characters that are involved, not just the good guys but the bad guys as well, right? So, yeah, that's one thing I really love about this show here. Um, does this show hold up now? Yes and no. I mean, there's some detailness in it, there's some, you know, early 2000s stuff here or there, but I think as far as story goes, it still works, um, as far as characterization, character moments it works um setting up this world which feels real but it's all these characters with all these extraordinary powers it still works um and just the mere fact that this was the beginning of you know a full-on um series i mean that's just amazing yeah. right it wasn't just this one-off thing like oh well you know even if they kind of had it intentionally as a one-off thing but no it's a shame that you know um it didn't have consistency as far as you know quality goes but yeah for better for worse this pretty much was a game changer as far as superhero movies go and yeah i i have to respect the movie for that is it one of my favorite superhero movies of all time no is it one of my favorite x-men movies no but i do respect and appreciate it for what it is so written wise i guess it's a decent format it is one of the better x-men movies i still have like uh, I still have uh, well Logan yes after bringing Logan uh, um, after bringing um, the, well not these are future past that much but more X two and um, this other one um, first class I have right. those three on top 
But this one comes in at a nice, you know, fourth or fifth place, you know what I mean? Like, it's there. I mean, it's not perfect, but as far as just letting people know, hey, superhero movies can't, are legit and they're here to stay. Yeah, I mean, you gotta give respect where respect is due, man. So, not much more I could say. Decent four to five for the first X-Men movie. So, Ricardo, last words of reading on the first X-Men. Yeah, uh, does it hold up? Mostly, no. Uh, <laughs> you know, too, we, we've had too many good things happen with, it, with, with comic book movies and superhero movies in general over the, what, 20 years? And, but it was appreciated for its time. You know, at the time, I appreciated it. I was like, hey, you know, this is the first big X-Men movie. Right. To me, the real, the real thing that blew, blew everybody away was uh, um, Spider-Man. That is the one that really started for me. But yeah, pretty good movie for what it is. But it just because it, it decided to be so derivative in, in, in other genres and, and other ideas. And it's like, well, you know, it exists in a vacuum and you don't have anything at the time. But yeah, it's the first X-Men movie and they actually get it off the ground. So I suppose, yeah, I don't know. For me, uh, 6 out of 10. All right. Uh, Tracy, last thoughts and rating on X-Men. X-Men holds a special place for me um, because, I mean, even after everything that happened and all the good bad and somewhere in between and the weird timelines, it still has this real cool vibes for me that I quite dig. I mean, Halle aside, one or two things, one or two people, one or two characters aside, I quite like uh, the very first X-Men. Um, and to, it, it even crosses for me past like nostalgia into yes, I will sit down and watch this. So um, I would give it like a B plus. That's my kind of that's where I would go with it. A B plus, um, maybe a seven out of ten kind of vibe, but a B plus for me. Summer last words a rating on the first X Men movie. Um, in rewatching it, I I I realized how much I enjoyed it. I really have not seen it since I first saw it, so it was fun to rewatch it. Um, funny enough, Ricardo sold me on Rogue more in this when we, as we talked about it and how he's for being the, the chosen character to play as alongside Wolverine. So that that I it's, it's good to talk about these things. Um, overall, yes, some of the characters okay. um, I would have gone in a different direction, but yeah. <laughs> I I enjoyed this the same way I did initially on initially seeing it. So I would say it's seven out of ten as well. All right, nice, nice, nice. So yes, folks, this was this was our pretty noisy thoughts on a pretty <laughs> noisy franchise. Yes, um, th- thank you so much to to my dog for for just you know reminding us that th- that he exists, right? Yes, but... sorry, yes, sorry. What's, what's the dog's name? Uh, his his name is Brown Boy. I I did not name him that. I don't name the dogs by me. Uh, my 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 sister, my mom does, right? I just leave that to them. <laughs> we had we yeah. had uh, five people on the podcast. I saw you know. Yeah, we, yes, did, we, did, we did, we did, we did, we did, and. and and, and, and I will admit though, while I was watching the film, he, he did stick up on him and was watching the show well more waiter and to give him food, which I have a feeling he's asked me for right now, right? Uh, yeah, that's pretty much about it. I would have I actually would have do the outro, but you know, this dog is just overpowering me right now. So yes, uh Summer, uh Tracy and Ricardo thanks so much for coming through and thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Take care, peace.